0: Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fuelled by Guinness, powered by celery, the show that thoroughly enjoyed its trip to the seaside on Saturday. What a great away trip Bournemouth was. Sun, sea and drinking with some great mates all day and for once the football didn't get in the way of a good day out, with Chelsea cantering to a 4-1 win. Or did they? In spite of the alcohol-infused warm glow of victory, the nagging doubt remains that Bournemouth had their towel laid out on the sun lounger, slightly ahead of Chelsea. Oh well, at least Eden Hazard scored for the first time in the league this season, and the players were left with no doubt about the importance of beating Spurs next week. I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast number 352... Oh, we do like to be beside the seaside, and of course, we, I, I had such a great time. Now, uh, I've got, we will have three people uh, joining me, uh, one of them will be Jonathan Kidd, but he's already told me he's running late, so we may we may not get Jonathan until uh, part two, but I'm sure we will, uh, but in the absence of Jonathan, uh, we do have the lovely, for the first time in absolutely ages, Clayton Beerman. Hello. How are you? I'm oh, very
3: well, thank you, and I'm very, very excited to be back. It has it has been like, uh, I don't know, quite a few weeks, and yeah. um, I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm looking forward to ranting. Lovely.
0: Oh, you're in a ranty mood, are you? I'm in a ranty mood. I'm glad to hear it. And, uh, and the other thing is, we've got, it's brilliant. We had Tony on last week, which was a surprise at the time, um, but even better, we've got him on this week, Tony Glover from the Podding Shed. Good evening, Archbishop. It's lovely. <laughs> I'm very well. It's lovely to have you with us, Reverend.
2: Always a joy to be on here. Always a joy.
0: I feel blessed and privileged that we've managed to get you on. And actually, I sh- what I should say, Tony, is thank you so much for, you know, moving your schedule around so that you could help us out tonight, because I was so bloody disorganised about doing the schedule. So I'm, <laughs> I'm much appreciative of that.
2: No, no, no. Look, we're all of a certain... Um... Maturity now, and um, and and that sort of thing happens, doesn't it? We forget from time to time.
0: Yeah, it's, it's called senile dementia, mate. That's
2: it as well. We're, we're, and you know, a little bit of um alcohol in there as well, just oh. to just to you know top it all off. Lovely.
0: I've got to be honest, actually, the last two games have been incredibly pissy, but for very different reasons, and. Uh... Thankfully, uh, this weekend for a more positive reason. But there you go. Right. On the show tonight, uh, we'll be asking why did Hiddink play Mikel at centre-back and what happened to the youth players he was supposed to be playing. In part two, I will attempt, this is for real, I will attempt to have a reasoned debate about Fabregas. Uh, is he a flat track bully or is he Chelsea's creative inspiration? And is Eden Hazard back for good as take... That might have said. Now, in part three, we have another version of the Chelsea fancast question time where you lovely people in Mixler get to ask any one of us or all four of us a question which we will then hopefully answer. Um, and that I have to say, if there's one good thing about us being shit and only having one game a week, uh, I have to say it's that because, uh, you know, for me, the whole point of this show and we've got the technology to be interactive um, it's just that I can't do two things at the same time, so it's very hard to bring you mix of people in while I'm ranting on. But if I give you space to do it, it works really, really well, and I know the lads on the show with me always enjoy that too. So that'll be in part three, and in part four, as always, we'll wrap up uh, with some Chelsea sporting news. And there is, I can tell you now already, there's a wonderful, wonderful email that uh, ticks me off for some rather rash and ill-thought-through comments from last week. Um, of course with Chelsea so it's done in the nicest possible way but I did read it and and thought ah maybe I was a bit stupid so that'll be fun always nice to see Chidge getting one Uh, anyway uh, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to mixlr mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen Faircast, where you can join in the chat as I've been saying and you can post live on the chat page and I do read them even if I don't Uh, read them out I do read them Uh, of course you can always tweet at Chelsea Fancast during the show and tell us what you think about the games and anything else talking of which we will be talking about uh, the Bournemouth Chelsea game or as they like to say on their scoreboard the cherries ripe for so many gags Uh, anyway we'll be talking about this (laughs) (laughs) I know cherry picking you know Losing your cherry. Well, I mean, honestly, the puns were endless, but I couldn't resist the seaside gag. Anyway, we'll be talking about the game of this very short sting. before we uh, before we move on to talk about the game I should go and say hello to some lovely people in Mixler we got, we've got we got people that I saw on Saturday I mean actually you know, we'll, we'll talk about this in part two I promise because I had so much fun and met so many great people but uh, Mark Barfoot's in the house I, saw, I had a lovely chat with Mark at half time uh, who else is in there Mr Chiverton Dan Francisco one of my favourite names Phil James who I was having a bit of banter with on Twitter earlier Dylan Hughes Alison Fragley the lovely Debs whose wedding anniversary it was this weekend and I know for a fact had a great time down in Bournemouth uh, Clive Lewis uh, there's some bloke called Goldie59 who's clearly moonlighting because he's supposed to be in, in on the show I'm keeping my eye on all things you are you're multitasking who said, who said people of our age can't multitask mate What am I doing? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, We've got Matt Jazz in there, Shed in Seattle, Fat Frank, Boboos. We've got a few of the Yanks are in there tonight. Oh, it goes on and on and on. Lovely to see everybody, as always. Now, talking about the Bournemouth game, um, the first of all, um, (laughs) you know I love a stat, not. uh, But this has got to be said. Uh, We had four shots on target and we scored four goals. Blimey, I've I've written in the script. It's just so unusual for us to actually manage four shots on target, uh, let alone score from each one, chaps. Uh, uh, I'm not going to bring Tony in first because he told me not to. So I'm going to fire that at Clayton first.
3: Um, that's great, isn't it? I mean, I I think it was quite depressing on Saturday, thinking. Um, I hope you know it's like one of the hopes of the season that we don't get beaten by Bournemouth, so that we're doubled by. Oh God! You know that that would that just would have been double cherry, (sighs) mate. a double <laughs> would have been an all time low um, listen you were there, I saw highlights um, finishing was clinical I don't know about lots of shots on target I just think well, um, we won and that's good, mm-hmm. we went up a place we went up to ninth. Um I don't really think there's a huge amount to say about the game, I know we're going to okay. talk about not necessarily the game but aspects of it um, So you let's all go down away. the pub then mate yeah well <laughs> I know. Um, you know, look,
0: I, I, talking of the pub, well, I, I mean, it's really interesting what you said there, Clayton, almost kind of um, hoping that I would have speak more sense than you. You were there, he says to me, and I was only watching the highlights. The reality was I was rather pissed. And I can now fess up and say that, number one, I missed the first goal because I was hugging somebody anyway. And then I, 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 I don't know why, I was just randomly hugging somebody. And, I, and then I missed the second goal because I was being hugged by Dan Banks. And if okay. any if, if anybody's actually met Dan Banks, they will know that I I therefore couldn't see the goal going because it was at the other end, um so uh, I I wasn't on my best kind of really on it in terms of knowing what was going on with football. What what I could say though, Tony, I, uh, you know, I, you know, I said in the in the intro we cantered to a full one win and and I think in some respects we did, but actually that first half I thought Bournemouth caused us a few problems, I thought Begovic made us some good saves, but I mean. You know, like like a lot of sides, like Bournemouth, they just weren't clinical enough, and and, and that's why they are where they are. But you know, it was not, a f- you know, it didn't feel like a four-one win to me in a way. Do you do you know what I mean?
2: Absolutely. Um, I, I had a, a mate of mine who who watched it on a feed, and he said we didn't touch the ball for the first six minutes, and then we scored.
0: Yeah, it was. A bit, <laughs> that's why I missed it because I was. It was so unexpected in a way. <laughs> yeah, you know, and seriously.
2: I, I think you know. I think at the end of you know when you go to these games, um, and and. Let's be fair, Cheech. We, we were in the pub after the City game, right? And the general feeling, it was a general feeling, was that we couldn't see where another win was going to no, come.
0: I know, exactly. That.
2: So, to pick up um, a, 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 against a team that had mugged us, I think, quite frankly, at Stamford Bridge. I mean, you know, they, 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 they won the game in the same way that QPR beat us a few years back under the um, fat Spanish oh, waiters. God, do remind me, yeah. Yeah, but you remember that game? You, yeah. everyone was 15 minutes ago, I think, 20 minutes ago, we all... You you knew and it had to be Sean Wright Phillips of all people, as I recall, who scored. Um and you just thought this time, uh, when we played Bournemouth at Stanford Bridge, I didn't in a million years think they'd win, but of course we didn't know the full extent of the malaise that was enveloping the club at the time, um when they came to us and they you know, they they mugged us off, they were good value for it, but you know, we we still hadn't played bad and I just walked out of that ground thinking how did we lose that one? But this one um and I think you're right, I think the degree of it is, you know, Eddie Howe has done a phenomenal you know, one of the greatest jobs in football ever. He's taken that club from, you know, at where they were virtually out of business to where they are now and kept them in the Premier League and I had them down as an absolute banker to go down this season. Um and I don't blame them if they were hmm. on the beach a bit early, to be honest. No, not I mean to go down. They 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 they're in they're in a league. They probably deep down inside didn't expect. No. And the fact that we were able to go out there and play there was some interesting. And I know you've got this later on in the script. Yeah. yeah. The fact that the what the Mark Chapman conversation yeah, yeah. was fascinating.
0: Yeah. Well, we we will talk about that in yes. part two because, I I it. what well, I should also say. I mean, I know we're trailing it a bit, but it, it was all. It was really prefaced by uh, a post-match beer or two with the lovely Rick Glanville. And I mean, you know, Rick and I love to have an argument, you know, with each other. I mean, in a very friendly way. I hasten to add, but you know, quite we quite often disagree about things. And it was about Fabregas, but uh, I, I mean, and I was quite reasoned about it for a change, which is what which gave me the incentive to be reasoned about it on here. And then I watched Match of the Day, and boom, you know, it was coming out. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, first, but I mean, I, I take your point about Bournemouth kind of they've earned the right to not give a shit at this time of the season because they're not going down. One thing I will say which I don't know why it surprised me but in a weird sort of way it did was how tinpot literally their ground is. I mean it, it 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 looks you know those kind of warehouses that you get that that've got kind of metal you know <laughs> a, a built in metal that kind of it's almost like that corrugated stuff like 21st yeah. century corrugated iron. Lots Costco it's, yeah, it's like that. It's just like really odd, and they got a Ted McDougall stand, which for some reason all made us laugh on the way in. Why I don't mm-hmm. know, but there you go. Um, look, first things first, Clayton. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we when I, when I rocked up and saw the team, um, you know, I, I I was very surprised to see. Uh, Mikel starting as centre back, and the reason I was surprised not because Mikel was starting as centre back, because I think that you know John Obi Mikel is so good he could play anywhere. I mean, number one is John Mikel, number two is John Mikel. Uh, it was really that. Well, why wasn't Matt Miazga playing? I mean, I know he's had a few rough and ropey games, but surely against Bournemouth you can take a bit of a risk, can't you?
3: Um, when I saw the team, it's really funny actually because. You know, it's got to that part of the season where, and we'll come on to talk about next Monday's game and, and obviously everybody still cares about that and passionately and that, that's fair enough. But we've got to a point in the season where, you know, it, nothing, it doesn't matter. You know, it really shouldn't annoy you or excite you or what have you. It doesn't matter. I saw that team on Saturday. I went effing mad. Really? I thought, what on earth is going on? I mean, the, I saw obviously the team without seeing the bench. And I thought, okay, fine. We've got lots of injuries. Um, That's why Mikel's at the back. But where are the young players? Where where are these guys? You know, it doesn't matter. Bournemouth away. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter. If we would have won 8-0, if we would have lost 8-0, it didn't matter. And it just... uh, I've just I am spitting because <laughs> you are the, the thing. The thing about the thing about Miazga, okay, is I remember on this show, um, it might have been Dan Silver said that he'd spoken to people in America, and they were like stifling laughter behind their hands and going, you know, this guy's not even the best centre half in in the MSL, which is a not a particularly strong league. What he's doing with you guys, God only knows. He played against Villa. He played all right, but you know, let's be honest, against Villa, you and I could have been all right. Um, He played against Swansea, discussed at length. He got absolutely hung out to dry, got no help from any of his colleagues, and he looked crap. Okay? And Gus has done this twice this year, hauled him off at half time rather than just perhaps letting him learn and, and keeping him in there. Because again, it didn't matter. Why he wasn't playing. I mean, there's, there's one reason why he's not playing. is because he's out. He's basically... You, you, you're sure about it. You reckon that's going to happen then? Conte has given instructions. Conte's mm-hmm. given instructions at who he wants to look at and who he doesn't want to look at. And Conte's basically gone, yeah, right, really? No, thanks. Um, He can go out on loan. Or we'll just... I think he'll put him out on loan. Because if you can't get in a team ahead of Obi-Wan at the back... In a game that doesn't matter, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know what Gus Go- is doing. I mean, I think Gus has now been told what he has got to do, who he's got to play. But the absence of any youth in that team, and especially after we were 3-1 up, not bringing Triore on and not bringing, um, who was the other boy that was on the bench? not Kennedy. Institute, Kennedy. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just absolute wank.
0: Shithousery, point. mate.
3: Shit it, it, It's Could just agree, pointless. Man. It's just absolutely yeah. pointless. I mean, we will come on to talk about the but one. We will
0: we on I'm going to ask Tony what, if he feels as strongly about it I as don't... you clearly do, mate.
2: I actually do, and I think Clayton has. The, you know, we're talking nails on the head and all this sort of stuff. He's he's he smashed that in there with a claw hammer, is he? There. He um, smashed
0: the granny out of it, mate.
2: Absolutely, because um, you know, it as he said, it absolutely did not matter. Okay. And I love Mikel. I absolutely think he's he's an unsung hero yeah, of the he team. Is, yeah, And his loyalty good. to us has been yeah, phenomenal. Totally. Absolutely phenomenal. So when these people start digging holes and all that, when they look at their Whitman boys, I'm always like, you know, shut up. Watch what he does. Um, and he
0: never,
2: he makes the odd clanger. Who doesn't? You know, we've had a team of them um, making clangers I bet, this I bet, season.
0: Mate, I bet he hasn't made as many clangers as Oliver Postage. No.
2: Post-game, absolutely. whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Now, I, I, I'm looking... All <laughs> uh,
3: for the teenagers, man. Yeah,
2: absolutely, yeah. Um,
3: but I got don't... I got there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Better late than never. Yeah.
2: But you, you go back to the point, right? I'll tell you what that reminded me of. And I said to you, after the Man City game, that I thought Gus Hiddink had looked distinctly similar to Avram Grant during yeah. that game, right? Um, and during this game when I'm looking at it I'm reminded of 2010 the last time we lost a home game by three goals was the day Carlo didn't play Jeffrey Bruma at centre back I think he put bloody Paolo Ferreira in there or he put someone in there and he just thought he put Ferreira in and and we lost that game 3-0 I mean he just thought to yourself, how bad is Bruma now he was never that bad he may not have been that great but the fact is what the message you're sending there is you are your, right. you know, I would play David Chigi or Clayton Beerman as a centre back rather than you.
0: You've clearly not seen me play, mate. I should just <laughs> say that we've got the lovely Steve CFC mode in the Mixler chat room at the uh, moment. Somebody needs to, you know, I'm, I'm going to put I'm going to put CFC mode on suicide watch at the moment. He's clearly not happy. The Mixler equivalent of suicide watch. I hasten to add. Uh, surprise, Mikel was at fault. can't jump or head, but apart from that. And then he says, uh, "Mikel's loyalty easy at ninety grand a week. Really? Uh, I love Mikel, but not no, okay. Steve's lightened up. Uh, I love Mikel, but not at centre back when Miaska was on the bench, which was exactly our point, Steve. We are all agreeing. Listen, this does kind of dovetail very, very nicely. Uh, I think you know if we if we look at this generally, we're talking about the absolute uh, disparity between Roman and the club wanting to bring the youth through." And then managers and the club patently failing so to do. And and this was prefaced by a fantastic uh uh piece by none other, of course, than Martin Samuel in the mail. Um, which I'm I'm gonna read some of this out. It's easier to, to do that than to just pick the bones out of it, and then you'll get what I'm saying. He basically started it off by um you know, basically using the example of Domingos Kina yeah I've never heard of him either, but then that's nothing new but apparently he's a very promising young player that we've we've had on our books kind of although he was too young to sign but now, when the opportunity rises to sign him have us having you know kind of um looked after him one way or another, he's gone to sign for West Ham uh because basically he doesn't think he's going to get a chance at Chelsea. well, you know, you can understand that but anyway, Martin says, and really, this has also got a lot to do with muddled thinking of the club I think in terms of the youth policy but Keener Martin says will have looked at the careers of the players above him observed the cattle market Chelsea's youth policy has become maybe recognised that the demands of owner Roman Abramovich inevitably force his coaches into short term planning around proven players and made a judgement call from there uh, it helps to grow your own said Eminalo clearly talking about grass not football players uh, we love having players who love Chelsea. We need the next John Terry, Ashley Cole and Frank Lampard because they bring spirit to the club. And then Martin Samuels goes on, yet leaving aside that all three were jetters in the moment they had served purpose. That's why I like Martin Samuel. He's one of us, really. If Chelsea feel the need to cite Lampard, who made 152 appearances for West Ham before signing at 23, Or Cole, who had won two Premier League titles and three FA Cups and played 51 times for England before leaving Arsenal aged 25, it shows how confused their thinking has become. Kurt Zouma was 19 when he came to Chelsea, albeit for £14 but maybe he doesn't get a mention because Mourinho promoted him to the first team and the former manager is supposed to be the villain of this piece. It shows how far Chelsea have to reach to find evidence of progress or how clueless Emanalo thinks his audience is. Chelsea and Emanalo are expert at diverting the blame to a succession of managers when it is the pressure from above that stunts development at Chelsea. Antonio Conte will be given the same contrary instruction as his predecessors. Play the kids but win the title and he will know the consequences of failure too. And that's why Chelsea are suddenly losing teenage prospects to West Ham, because not even the kids are quite as daft as Emanarlo thinks. So, Tony, what do you think of that? Damning. Isn't it just? I mean, I love Martin Samuels, and it yeah, sounds it like, like he's it, kicking us in the bollocks, but I just basically I agree with everything he's written in that. He's,
2: he's one of the few balanced ones that you get out there, because often I find some of the other hacks, they've got some sort of pissy agenda where they want to undermine us or get rumours going or sell print or whatever um, and always found martin samuel to be very very balanced um, and and i can't disagree with a single word he said there and and it, it's amazing i mean i've been saying on on my little pod uh you know the podding shed for some time now that the, the 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 youth system is nothing more than a revenue stream that's what we've used it for and, a, and a, an effective one as well. You bring the players in young, you train them up. You might get two, three, four million pound for mm-hmm. them, or whatever. You might get more, okay. But ultimately, they're never going to break through. Now, I've said it myself. You know, Rubens Loftus Cheek was an example um, when he played a few weeks ago of the gulf between the youth and the, you know the the hard in your face Premiership games or whatever. But he has improved bit by bit, as I'd expect players to get that. You know, to Given the chances, to do I don't think we'll see Christiansen back. I, I certainly don't think we'll see um, Masunder back because he's already said I want to stay out here. Mm. Okay, now there's talk, and there's another player in today. Uh, I think who's also now sort of saying he wants to stay where he is. Um, and you can't blame them. They're getting football. They're getting noticed. I mean, was it Masunder? I think had Arsenal sniffing around him, um, but we put the, the the mockers on that. So I think what well, he's absolutely right. The, the, these kids can't they they're going to look right and and they're going to you be tempted their dads and their mums will probably be thinking 50 60 grand a week get the car get us a better house
0: yeah well, I think that's I think that that's another thing basically to be fair tony I think on the one hand um you can see the paucity of our thinking in in terms of the youth and I mean I, I frankly Emanalo's made a right dickhead of himself with those comments and i think that's what what's what's got up martin samuel's nose is why he's digging him out mm. but 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 the i think the 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 number one point is uh what we've been saying all the time which is you can't have your cake and eat it too roman either you want the ro- the, the you know the youth to come in but you have to accept that we're not going to be in the top 4 for mm. maybe a year or two uh and and, and or, or you know stop suck, sucking managers for failure and then putting them under the pressure to go and buy you know proven players and not play the youth. It's 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 totally cack handed. And Absolutely. I think that's I think that's a very different issue yeah. from what we heard about in the press today of Dominic Solanke's agent. In fact, his, his which is his father yeah. Yeah. demanding 50 grand a week, or yeah. uh, what was it Oli uh Celtic apparently being in- interested in him. But whatever he was demanding would have made him their highest-paid player. Yeah, I mean, he's a two-p. Two, I mean, Solanke's never even played for Chelsea at the first-team level, to my knowledge. And I and I, I think that there's a whole issue with Billy Bob, Billy Big Bollocks' entitlement. In fact, we were talking about this before we went on air, weren't we, Clayton? Yeah. You know, we were saying that it, it's interesting how rubbish Mourinho got for alienating the academy and the youth players away from the first team. But you can see that there's a corollary to that, which is the minute the first the youth team, youth team players get near the first team, they all think that they've made it, and they get Billy Big Bollocks. Well, you, you know, know
2: well, I mean, my, my theory about Louis Van Gaal, and I know it's a Chelsea fancast, but my theory is is that he told the United board that for three years he was there, um, they may finish outside the top four, but he would give their youngsters a chance. Yeah. Now he might have had to do that because of injuries, but I'm not even totally convinced of that. And then you see Martial. Who looks like a steal at whatever they paid for him? And this young boy Rashford coming through. Um, and then you look at Tottenham and you go, oh, mate, they brought in Kane and Ali and uh, uh, and and this?" Was... And what are we doing? We're just giving Rubens Loftus Cheek twenty minutes here, and then we're getting our players, Dominic Solanke. Allegedly, I want fifty grand a week to stay. Well, there's something massively wrong well, with hang on a minute. club culture.
0: It, it, what? 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 And I had a bit of a row with Cundy earlier on, didn't I, Clayton? But I mean, basically, it was he wants 50 grand he hasn't even played for the first team yet he well, hasn't I've, ear- I've... he hasn't he hasn't earned it in my book if, if, if no. you know break into the first team prove to be a good player and then talk about it
3: all right but so has to do hang, hang on.
0: Let, let clayton come yeah. in on this one Ch-
3: Chidge, i think you said it just before there are two different issues here mm. don't get confused with what dom slank is asking for and what we're doing as a club with our youth players because i think that is two different things i mean the, the, the point is Dom Slanky I think has played for the first team I think he played in uh, he got about four and a half seconds in one of the Champions <laughs> League games last year Did he? Um, yeah
0: you're, you might be right actually I seem to
3: remember it but the to me there's two different issues I mean the, the it's quite interesting on the day that the, the legend that is one matter came out yeah. and basically said it's obscene what I earn it's absolutely ridiculous I'm you know modern footballers should not earn what they get you've got somebody coming out and asking for 50 grand a week when they've done absolutely tussle but let's park that let's look at what we do as a club Saturday proved to me and there's only one just one smidgen of defence is the fact that we've got the youth cup final second leg on Wednesday so whether Salter Clark would have possibly been in for a shout on Saturday if if that wasn't happens I don't know But he's playing in the Youth Cup final, so maybe that's why he wasn't in the squad. What Saturday said to me, and what, to be honest with you, every single game since Everton knocked us out of the FA Cup has said to me, is that we have absolutely no interest at all in bringing through the youth. I don't care what anybody says at the club. I don't care what that clown, Amanalo says. I mean... It, it, I mean, calling Ashley Cole and Frank Lampard homegrown players—that was that's brilliant comment, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then slagging Tottenham. Well, off. he's he's clearly been smoking his own, let alone growing his no, own. No, he's he's basically he's on script. <laughs> he's on script, mate. You know, he's yeah. he's just he's he's told what he's told what to say. I suspect a bit of it is him. Well, saying... Well, I, I think he, the other it, thing that uh,
0: came—I think Martin Samuel actually reading between the lines was also saying that. Basically, whatever's coming out of the club at the moment is to poison the Mourinho well. You know, everything that they can shove the blame onto Jose for, they will. Well, it's it's interesting
3: because you you basically... The thing with Mourinho and, and, you know, what difference it's made, us being where we are now without him and what we were with him, I've got absolutely no idea. Answers on a postcard. The the fact is with... um, with the youth players if we were serious in bringing through any youth players then there would have been at least two or three players who you know and we've got them we've got Traore and we've got Kennedy both of whom have done really well when they've played why were they not stuck in that team and just left there there's no excuse whatsoever I mean obviously we've got I had an argument with uh, funny enough one of the boys on the podding shed Mark (laughs) and I was saying (laughs) that you know We've won everything that there is to to be won in in uh, in youth football, and this was before we did back to back Champions Leagues. We've won it all, you know, and if if hopefully we win the Youth Cup again this week, you know, first team to do it three in a row since the Busby Babes, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. But it counts for nothing. It counts for absolutely nothing because these guys are not getting a chance. Just I'll finish off with going back to Mourinho. It's quite interesting because Mourinho brought in Zuma. Zuma was a believer and Zuma did what he was told. There's the story that I heard last week with um, everybody's talking about Kevin De Bruyne and us letting him go and this, that, and the other. I don't know how true this is, but it basically, he's got the midfielders at the beginning of last season or whenever it was we sold him sitting around and he's going, Here's all your percentage statistics. You're here, you're there. You need to be here, and De Bruyne says you can't show me that because you haven't played me, and I've hardly played any time at all. Blah blah blah. Opens his mouth. That's it. Yeah. You are the well. I, you know what? I don't want to
0: get. I don't want to open the Kevin De Bruyne can of worms because no. we, we did a lot. Saying, we did
3: a lot of it last that, week, to be fair. I'm just saying that Mourinho did bring forward a young player in yeah. Kurtz who was willing to work and do. What Jose said. So I think that that's that's also something about the 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 Billy, you know, big yeah. bollocks.
0: Well, I think so too. We're going to go to part two now, Clayton. But we might this might creep into part two as well. Now after the break, I'm going to attempt to have a reasoned debate. Good grief about Fabregas. Uh, really, based around is he a flat track bully, or is he in fact Chelsea's creative inspiration? And we'll also be asking, is Eden Hazard back for good? Said in a take that styley. Anyway, we'll be back in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions.
1: I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters
2: and proper Chelsea.
0: Welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast and we are still awaiting the arrival of a certain Jonathan Kidd um, but uh, I'm happy to say that we haven't missed him at all and I say that in the nicest possible way uh, because we've got the wonderfully engaging uh, Clayton Beerman Good evening and the, as always, effervescent Mr. Tony the Reverend Tony Glover
2: Good evening, Archbishop. Thank
0: you very much. I love
2: love that moniker, mate. I
0: know. Well, we've we've copyrighted it, mate. Indeed. It is forever. Now, there are people who are yet to be discovered uh, on the Amazon uh, rainforest who know that I have a personal issue. Uh, And yes, it is a personal issue with Chess Fabricus And and I'm man enough to admit, or honest enough to admit, that much of it has uh, something to do with the fact that he played for Arsenal and Barca and I just I, I just look at him as the horrible snidey little wankers that play for Barca and Arsenal and I admit that. Um, I have, on the other hand, you know, throughout uh, last season, you know, I give praise where praise is due and I've seen him play really, really well and I'm man enough to say it. I mean, just because I don't like somebody doesn't mean I can't appreciate them if they're good. <clears throat> but yesterday, yesterday, or not yesterday, it was Saturday, wasn't it? Excuse me while I clear my throat. <clears throat> I've obviously got a bit of Spanish fly in my throat. <laughs> it's a, well, I, sin- I sincerely hope not. That's <laughs> what they call schadenfreude. Um, I mean, look, this was really prompted by what I saw on, on Saturday when, you know, quite clearly Fabregas was the man of the match. He had an absolute blinder and, uh, you know, stringing passes through everywhere, getting three assists, totally dominant, all the rest of it. And, and I started this you know, off with, with, um, with Rick Glanville in the pub afterwards and I said, look, I said, it's all very well but, you know, he's playing against Bournemouth who don't give a shit because they're already on the beach which is only a stone's throw away and more to the point, um, You know, they give him loads of space. I said, if you give Fabregas loads and loads of space and you don't press him and you don't overrun him in midfield and don't deny him space and time, then, yeah, he's an excellent player and he can do all of this wonderful passing and put people through and all the rest of it. I said, you play against somebody, a team that does give a shit, you know, and they've got really strong battling midfielders who are getting his face, getting his ankles the whole game, deny him that time and space... Then he disappears, you know. And I said, you know, would you build rather build the team around Hazard or would you rather build it around Fabregas? Well, I accept that that's a very different question. But to go back to my main point, I go home, watch Match of the Day, and this is what Rude Hullit has to say. Mark Chapman says, The game was run by Chess Fabregas this afternoon. Gullit says, "Yeah, you know, this was a this was a typical game of two teams. You know, nothing to play for. And look, it's, should I do this? I should do this in the, in the style of Rudhul. And look, it's shiny, it's nice weather. Fabric. No, I'm not going to do that. Anyway, Fabricus has had all the space to do what he is doing best. You know, passes here, left and right. You know, when you give him all that kind of space, he can play well, very, very well. Um, and then further on down, Chapman says, so he has the time, he has the space. Could Ant- Antonio Conte build a Chelsea side uh, around him?" And Hullet says, "Look, he needs to be better against the teams that are equal as Chelsea, not like we saw against PSG, where you've got a midfield who run, who go over you. Fabregas is not a typical guy like this. When Perle came to Juventus, Conte made a system specific that. Blah 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 blah. The point—I think you get the point. Uh, so really, the point is—is is that you know, me and Rude Hullet are you know football legends, clearly, and, and, and talk of one mind. But in more more seriously." Um, <laughs> sorry mate you, you cracked me up with these comments. I know I, yeah. you know I've met Rude Hullet, he's really lovely he's a fucking brilliant bloke I've got to say anyway the point is this is um, are me and Rudy right or have I missed the point and I'm going to ask you Tony because you laughed at my jokes more than Clayton did
2: <laughs> right okay um, I, you know I'm uh, 50-50 I think the whole team hasn't worked this year um, I've I described it as the McLaren or the Mercedes that uh, Formula 1 car that's been you know, serviced by QuickFit. Um, and I think that's been part of the issue this year. Last year, the combination of him and Costa was fabulous. Absolutely fabulous, you know. And,
0: and indeed the combination of him and Matic.
2: Yes, yeah. And, and I think you had that support. So he didn't need to be in a position where, um, you know, other players could run through him because he could do what he does best, which is see the game, read the game Play the intelligent ball, spot the openings. He's a quarterback,
0: isn't he? I think in, yeah, in his I, best position, he's a quarterback. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. and I, and I, so I think, uh, and we, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't get into it, how in Because I thought, well, because we, you said you were going to rant about it last week. Um,
0: <laughs> True enough. <laughs> but
2: um, yeah, I, I, I tend to be, I'm trying to be the Rick Glanville here. I, I think I disagree with you, and that, um, you know, in that that championship winning season last year, you know, we had a song, the Magic Hat song. Which got sung rip roaringly loud several times in the Fimbra before the game, okay? Um, because he really was something special. And but I, th- I think this season, what the, the issues that Fabregas has suffered have been indicative of a malaise across the whole team. I don't. I wouldn't pick him out. No, would I want him as a midfield general? Is he a Balak? No, he's not a Balak. Is he a Pirlo? No, of course he's not. Um, he's Fabregas. He have- yeah, but he has these other qualities, <laughs> doesn't he? He has these other qualities, too. Um, he's not box-to-box like Lamps was or whatever, but he can still pick out a pinging pass. And now we know he can take a free kick, of course, as well. I mean, who knew
0: that? Yeah, but the, tr- the trouble is, Tony and, and Clayton, because I-, I should bring Clayton in, you- whilst you say all that, he-, he, you know, he's not a Ballock, he's not an Essien, he's not a Lampard, he's not a Perlow. No, he's a Fabregas. But he's a Fabregas who can't run and can't tackle, so that means you have to have one or two other midfielders to mind him, do his tackling for him, and do his running for him. Now, we all know that in the hurly burly of the Premier League or in the, or the highest level in Europe, then that will basically mean that you've got two players to cover one player who can't run or tackle, which frees up space for them to cut you to ribbons, and that's what's happened to us this season. Now, the other thing is, and uh, this is the argument I basically had with Rick, which was I, I hear what you're saying, boys. Yes, he can ping a 30, 40-yard pass and it's wonderful to see. He can split a defence in the fraction of a second and it's wonderful to see. But, you know, wouldn't you rather have a midfield player who can do that and run and tackle and who doesn't need to take two other of your teammates out of the game to cover his ass, Clayton, I'm going to pose that one to you.
3: Uh, I think it's very difficult because I do actually, I mean, Tony... Was spot on. The team have been crap this year, um, and it's quite interesting that we had all this stuff about Fabregas last year. They said that he never plays post Christmas um, because he sort of slightly disappeared. Isn't it funny? Post Christmas this year, has been one of our best players. Um, that wouldn't be hard. I, 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 not <laughs> not a not a not a big ask. You have to you have to, you have to be honest. Oh, the think, cynicism. <laughs> I think that next year um, our team is going to be full of pace and I think we're going to have a couple of boys in midfield who, if uh, Signor Conte wants to do it, will look after Fabregas.
0: In in the same way that Perlo was uh, Juventus. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah,
3: because I think the the point here is the fact that any manager that wants to stop us playing hunts down Fabregas and stops him doing what he does best absolutely the problem that we've had this year is that we haven't been doing anything to keep the other teams occupied for them to forget about Fabregas it's been easy to pick us off to play us because we are so ponderous we are so slow there's, there's no speed of thought there's nobody in that midfield who's zipping up and down yes we've had william who's got lots and lots of energy um but the, the, there's that we we do things like you can see it's like a like a slow brain you're watching the the little cogs go round go oh what am I gonna oh shall I put by the time we've worked out what we're gonna do it's the the moment's gone so I think if we've got a couple of enforcers in front of him one of them being a box to box player you don't need him tackling and you don't need him doing this that and the other I think that this is a squad game and there should be games where you think, right, we need a Fabregas. And then there'll be other games where you think, no, we don't want him because we want the extra body in mm. midfield who can tackle and run. So I think he's a, he's a good player. He proved oh, that God. on Saturday what he can do. We know what he can do. Yeah, but against he, that opposition, giving him that yeah, time no, no, and look, space. It's irrelevant. He Why? Can, he, he, no, because he can't choose. No, it, what, it's what do you irrelevant. mean he can't choose? No, he can't choose who What's the opponents do are on the day. On Saturday... He played that way. Yes, it was a shit opponent. But he... I mean, basically, he can thread a ball against anybody.
0: He's the, I mean, actually, do you know what? I saw but, a hilarious tweet about this along those kind of lines. And then the response... The, 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 whoever tweeted it was hilarious. I can't remember who it was, sadly. But they said, That's was. So, uh, that was so Arsenal. You know, a flat-track bully, basically. Flat-track That's where I got bully. my, got my no, idea I, from.
3: The, no, the point I'm making is that he showed that he's got the ability... We know we've got the ability i don 't think that Conte will build a team around him but i would I would think that you know I think one of the problems that we 've had is the fact that we 've played the same way for so many years now The teams worked us out and yeah. and we didn 't do anything about it, so I would hope that somebody comes in that actually adapts i mean that's that 's one of the greatest disappointments with what happened with Jose is that he didn 't adapt mm.
0: no I, well so, I, I I hate the fact that we 're so wedded to this four two three one system i think it's bollocks yeah. but um, you know, just to finish on the Fabregas thing, actually, which, which I, I, I mean, I hope you're very impressed, both of you, that I've, I've been really reasoned about this and not resorted to personal insults.
2: You've been uh, fantastic. Thank on this one. you. Yes, See, it, ca- it can
0: be done. Um, and mind you, I was so pissed when I was having this <laughs> argument with Rick. I mean, I, I, you know, if, if I got into an argument with somebody in that pub on, on Saturday after the game, if they'd have like waved a feather at me, I would have collapsed in a heap. I was so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Rick, Rick, almost. I think I think Rick won on what we would call a technical knockout, okay? And, and if, if Rick's listening to this, he'll be wetting his pants at the moment with laughter because he'll know exactly what I mean. And the funny thing is that Debs uh, on, on Mixler has done exactly that in exactly the same way because I said, you know, you have, the choice is you either have two men or one man minding uh, Fabregas if you want to play him and get the best out of him. Or you find a player who who can do what Fabricus does and run and tackle. And Rick said to me, just as Debs has on Mixler, who is that player, Chidge? And of course, me being a smart-ass and very pissed, I said, I don't know. I don't watch any other games other than Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) But to, to to be fair, he had a really, really valid point. But I mean, don't tell me that there's not a player in world football who can pick out a pass... 30 yard or split a defense and who can run and tackle there are midfielders around who can do that i mean lamps used to be able to 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 run tackle box to box pick out a pass score goals so you know don't tell me he's the only player ever to have been able to do that it's just you know pogba springs to mind there are other players and i just think it's a luxury that we can't afford that's all my point is really should we should we move on to talk about eden hazard I think we owe it to the little man. He has scored two Premier League goals for the first time this season, Clayton. What do you reckon?
3: Um, Well, you know my views. I have defended him Mm. throughout all the abuse and all the crap that he's gone his way. I've said he's not been fit. Now, at the beginning of the season, if he wasn't fit, that was a fitness issue, and a lot of them came back and they weren't fit enough, and that, that, to me, was, uh, and is, unacceptable. But I do think at one point during this season, he got injured and then he came back and he wasn't fit and he got pelters. On Saturday, okay, he scored a couple of goals, but he looked so happy. And and, and I, I said, I, I'm very naive. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sort of, you know, I like to think that if somebody looks happy, they are happy. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think he was really pleased. He was back playing football and it didn't hurt. And he basically could do all the things that he could do. Again, we have to look at the opposition. Um, I think they were very nice because they didn't kick him in the air. Uh, but the game didn't matter. And he's back. And I think next Monday will be when we see whether he's really back. But for me, um, everything I read, everything I see, I, you know, as I said, I, I think he's been unfairly pilloried. Um, I really do, and and I, I just I'm, I'm I'm hoping and hoping that he stays. Um, I'm fifty fifty. I mean, I'd, he's he's saying the right things, uh, but he would, wouldn't he? Um, I don't know. I just I just really hope he's he stays because he's a great player, um, and I'd rather have him running around than Marco Marin mm. to be perfectly honest.
0: Oh, well, there. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, going back to that argument I was having with Rick. You know, I said, who would you rather build a team around, Hazard or or Fabregas, and I and I said I would choose Hazard every time. Um, what What do you think, Tony? Uh, generally, I'm, not not just on the point I've just made. But no, generally. I'm
2: one hundred percent. Look, um, about course cool, I sounded Australian, then start in a sense with the word look. Um,
0: look mate, oh, look mate, yeah, look
2: mate. <laughs> um, listen. <that's>
0: <laughs> By the way, it's Anz- it's Anzac Day today, isn't it, or was it yesterday?
2: Uh, I think it was. So it might be today. It, yeah, yeah, anyway, today if it, if yeah. it is
0: today and we've got it right which would be amazing I'd like yeah. to wish and uh, all of my Australian listeners uh, I don't know Wouldn't you wouldn't really say happy Anzac Day but uh, lest we forget and we're with you that's all I'm yeah. trying to say good work
2: Um, but going back to this look I've said it time and time again I've defended I've been like Clayton on this one Okay, I think he was unfit, I think he was carrying an injury, I think he was being pressurised to come back and play for the team, I think Jose got that wrong, okay, uh, and there was clearly one incident where he came on the pitch and then had to come off of 30 seconds later with an injury not dissimilar to the one I think Balassie had, which took him out for nearly three months. So I think, you know, there's, there's a little bit of that behind it. I just want to read now, I don't know how correct this quote is, but apparently it's what he said last night, okay. Um uh, from the start the Chelsea fans were behind me last season they were fantastic this season has been difficult for me but they are always behind me which mm. is good I appreciate that we have a lot of stories to write together and we are ready for the future now that doesn't actually probably fit with the narrative that some people are always off to Real Madrid is off to PSG or whatever um, he, he, he we've, we've sat here we've I talked, th- I th- that sounds th- like a
0: rapprochement to me
2: Exactly. Mm. We have talked in the pub, we've we've mentioned it on here <coughs> before, about the list of shame. The players that we've let go, right, that would have made this squad just phenomenal. Untouchable. Okay. And the last thing Eden Hazard is a fucking good player. Mm. And the last thing we need to be doing is selling a yeah. fucking good player. Right Quite now. Right. You know? So if we were to, if you were giving me the jump or burn choice between Hazard and Fabricus. I would go with Hazard because he's younger, uh, has probably got uh, more depth and and, and, uh, and more talent to his game. You know, we have a chance here of having somebody who could potentially be the best player in the world, and we should try our utmost to stop them fucking bastards at Barcelona and Real Madrid getting older with yeah, them. Quite All right. Sorry about that. There's a bit of language. In no,
0: there. no, no, mate. You know, it's passion, mate. And uh, you know, if, if if our our squad had had as much passion as you, mate, we wouldn't be in the ship we are. But I mean that said, I, I agree with you both boys. Actually, I mean I I I think that, you know, okay, I I the, I do think that there was a bit of an attitude problem, and I think he should keep his trap shut when speaking to French newspapers. But, um, you know, on on the basis that he wants to play here, then he has to stay because you know, people players who are as good as Eden Hazard do not come round every day, and. And Alison actually made a really really interesting point. Uh, in, in I think she she thought when I mentioned a player who can do what Fabregas does and run and and tackle, uh, and when I said well I think Pogba can, I think she thought that I I think Pogba will come, and 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 I don't actually, and I I think your your point's very valid, Alison, that you know we will find it hard to get players of that quality. If we don't have the Champions League next year, although there is a counter argument, which is you pay them enough money and you give them London to play with, and they might change their mind. But um, the bottom line is Tony's right. You can't, we cannot afford to be letting go uh, of players of the quality of Eden Hazard, and I would, I would also put uh, Costa in that category. In fact, actually, any any player who a, a side like Barcelona or Real Madrid want to buy is a kind of player you don't want to be selling, because they don't want to buy shit players. You know Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um,
3: talking... and the, the other thing is, Chich, is, is you talk about Champions League and attracting players. If we've got players like Hazard here, if we've got players like Costa, other players will come. If we get rid of them, that's even less reason for them Absolutely to come, right. ex- excluding the dollar.
0: Absolutely right. Listen, the other thing about Hazard, which, of course, is in the news, which, I mean, you know, I think he's also, he's actually a really lovely little lad. All he likes is football and his family and, that's what he does and I think he's very honest with the media and they they asked him about the Tottenham and
2: oh that was great
0: <laughs> well I mean I'll give you the other side of that I mean clearly you all heard it on the TV but I was there and singing it with a vengeance and a passion but the, the pretty sustained chant for the last five minutes or so of beat fucking Tottenham you better beat fucking Tottenham was said with massive menace it wasn't that was not humor I mean you know Debs will back me up on this she was there I bet she was singing it as well you know, but it was that was not said in jest that there was menace to that chant. We wanted to leave them with absolutely no illusion as to what we mean by they have to beat tottenham uh so it was really interesting to see him see him asked in the press afterwards and 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 of course he's he, he sent the entire you know Spurs bedwetters into absolute meltdown <laughs> uh today, you know because they' are like oh, he should be banned under e three. What are they like? I, I, I put a tweet out in response to Dan Levine earlier on and saying they're absolutely desperate Spurs fans, aren't they? It's like watching a virgin uh, losing the opportunity to get his first ever shag. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> it's just absolutely pitiful. Oh,
2: yeah, I agree.
0: Um, it's. I mean, what do you think of the meltdown, boys? Clayton, what do you think of the meltdown? It's funny, isn't it?
3: Um... It is. I, th- I think there's two things I want to say about this. I mean, you know me. You've known me for a long time, and you know what I think about Spurs. I'm not even going there. <laughs> you you don't. You won't. Quite... You
0: don't even normally allow yourself to say the word Spurs, do you? Well, I. I
3: you know, I'm not. I'm not going to even go there because we all know about our friend. Um, so. Who who can't be mentioned, but I'm not even going to go there. There's two things for me. The first was of which is watching Twitter at the moment is absolutely hysterical because it's just <laughs> you know it, it they they I somebody who I actually I follow a couple of uh, their fans who are quite normal, and uh, but one of them this morning was basically saying, oh I hope Vardy gets an extra game and blah blah blah, and I just thought. Do you know what? Who said that? I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. But basically, they were saying that the hope that no, they didn't say. He said, "I hope the FA do their job and don't bottle it with Vardy." Come on, tell now, me who said it. I can't remember the guy's Twitter oh, name. Okay, I'll send it to you later. But but the but the the simple fact of the matter is, hello, you beat Leicester at home. You don't have all this yeah, meltdown. Exactly. You know, you didn't do your job. If you didn't beat Leicester at home. It's nobody's fault. It's not my fault. It's not Chelsea's fault. It's not anybody's fault. It's your bloody fault. You got those three points. You take them away from Leicester. You're talking about a completely different ball game. The one thing that I would say that really worries me is the fact that the way that our fans are behaving, and I'll get shouted down for this, we're we're showing a bit of small club mentality at the moment with, with all this Tottenham thing. You know, Chelsea a, City, it, we don't want any of that you know it's the most important thing it's this it's that it's that we're Chelsea I mean for God's sake our season has culminated in stopping Spurs winning in the league and that's a really sad indictment of where we are at the moment I mean yes I want us to do it and, and I hope I mean having seen our respective sides play in the last couple of weeks I'm, uh, I'll i leave my answer till you ask me the question Um you know, but 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 just, you know, you you're looking at, at, at fans who are having a go at us, having a go at Hazard for actually saying what everybody else in the country is thinking, and these are the people who changed their badges before we played in the Champions League final to put Bayern Hotspur. Hello, you know, it's <laughs> come back to bite you guys.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think um, actually I wish I wish more footballers would come out and be be like that. I get a bit sick of the media. Sp- you know, this media ingrained um bloody goodness, you know, this kind of wholesomeness that you get after game where just again, and they just sit again let's say nothing, it's the Wenger school of thought, isn't it? It's the you know, oh we played really well, the lads did it for the team and all this. And I remember, but I go back, I'm old enough to remember the days when footballers could say pretty much what they liked after a game. Yeah. yeah but they were drunk. Yeah. But I I didn't mind that. I didn't mind them coming out and saying things like Ah, oh, that was a piece of piss. We done them, you know what I mean? And I, I, I actually, it adds a bit of frisson onto it, you know. This idea that we're going to roll over, uh, you know, uh, to, to let another team—they're professional footballers, for God's sake, you know. I mean, I ultimately, Have you, I have I you been with... watching?
0: Have you been watching Chelsea recently, Clayton? <laughs> <say> that, <laughs> me, Clayton, you sound like a Dalek. What's going on? Nothing. nothing. No, no. Okay, you, you sound okay. like a Dalek to me. People on Mixler, Mixler. Does Clayton sound like a Dalek? Say yes or no. Anyway, <laughs> I, I was about about to say. I mean, you know, the level of professionalism, professionalism even exhibited by Chelsea players this season would, would 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 make me want to question that massively. Tony, listen. Before we go, um, can I
3: just, can I just, s- do I, still, I, still I like like No, I think
0: I tell you what, Clayton. Log out, and then I'll call you back in during the break because we're going to be going there in a minute because you really okay, do sound okay. like a Dalek. All right, um, all right. Uh, basically, Tony, I was going to gonna ask you, really, you know, after the display against Bournemouth, does it fill you with a bit more confidence that we can do a number on uh, on Spurs next, well, this time next week, mate?
2: Do you want my honest answer? Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to be in the south of France, and I'm sort of glad, really. I think it will be, it will be, it will smash nerves to pieces. Um, but, you, you if you look at the stats, if you if you if you take a cold clinical look at it, haven't beaten us since 1990 at Stamford Bridge, um, but this lot are slightly different to what we've played before, I think, and um, you know they are they are definitely up for it. They're definitely trying to, uh, to 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 catch the gap. I think they've got too far to go to Leicester. I think Leicester might lose one more game, but I don't think they'll lose two. Um, so I think possibly um, a draw, and I think that's enough, isn't it, to derail them
0: um yeah I mean because Leicester need five need five points right <laughs> yeah so uh you know if we if we uh, well if we beat or draw to spurs it's got to make it easier hasn't it you know yeah. whatever whatever way you look around it yeah you know?
2: indeed and I, I just think that this is this is possible but you know what as Clayton just said it there we're Chelsea right we're slightly different to a and and I agree I'm I I couldn't give a Flying who wins the league, really. I mean, I'd like to see Leicester do it for the romance of the story, yeah. Um and I know I'll get shouted down for this, but I always said actually I'd rather see Spurs win it than Arsenal for the simple reason that it would be a one off. You're near them again. No, no,
0: no, 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 Absolutely know, no, 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 you no, no, you no, 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 let me just think. How old am I? I'm 50. So it's got to be what 54 years since they won the title, Spurs. 1961.
3: Nine right. Okay. I
0: mm-hmm. think. So it's what 50, 54 years then? Uh, I was yeah. born in '65, so it's 54 years. All right. Now, I, I, you know, in the last 20 years, I mean, I, I mean, we haven't we haven't lost them at Stamford Bridge since 1990, right? So that's yep. what 26 years. Yep. All right. So I, I don't know. And I've got quite a lot of mates who support Spurs and I haven't heard a peep out of any of them. I mean, the the, the worst it got was when we when we lost uh, that League Cup final. And that was the, one of my worst moments in recent memory watching Chelsea, to be honest. But, you know, you do, you, you know, they've been so shit for so long and certainly been so, you know, uh, monstered by us that they they just show deference now. And this has all changed in the last few weeks that they've got, A, a squeak at winning the title. They're going to finish above us and they have a chance to beat us to win the title. And that's just with us, the merest squeak. If you, can you imagine how they're going to make, they will make Arsenal look palatable if they win the, the league? Tige. J.K., in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, it, they will be all over us like a bloody cheap seat, mate. And It can well, uh, never can can be, be, be allowed you, to happen. I don't
2: really want anybody from London to win it other than us. Yeah, quite. that's that's the my the, the the true depth of feeling. I was just given that sort of jump or burn one. I mean, um, you know, I I I, I don't like. To, I just hate Arsenal. I hate Arsenal Benga and you know, I'm just a throwback to the days when Arsenal regularly used to kick. Sound yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, but, but Tottenham will Um you know, I I would think we've got the capability to get a draw, and if John Terry's in the team, I think you'll have the you'll have the the kind of war cry, the battle cry in the dressing room. We do not fucking lose to Tottenham, especially here. But whether or not we've got the talent and the, 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 the my one caveat around it is, is that that I've been quite critical of Gus Hiddink. Is he's, you know I don't know whether or not because don't forget he it, wasn't it the only game he lost. Yeah, Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, whether he gets it or not, I don't know, and whether he can actually influence it at this late stage in the season, I don't know. Um, I I will be kind of watching it in France, possibly on Twitter, or you know through, or or, behind, or or I'll have imbibed about two or three bottles of beautiful, lovely French white wine by then. I won't give a shit. <laughs> nice. I might have a, yeah.
0: Anyway, Clayton, are you uh, are you back with us? I am. And you don't sound like a Dalek So my That's plan a shame. my plan was right. Listen, I just want to wrap this up very very quickly uh by just just saying uh not that we don't know this already but I I, I do believe it it can't be said enough and and Mark I know Mark Barfer and Debs will appreciate this very much I know. Um what a fantastic away day Bournemouth was on Saturday, uh, number one. But what an amazing away support we have. I mean, there were a lot of people, Debs included, you know, who who, who went for the whole weekend. They, just did, they didn't just go for the Saturday. And I had tweets from mates that, that, that decided to stay the weekend who said there were Chelsea all over the place on Saturday in Bournemouth staying there. And I mean, what an away support. I mean, these are people who didn't have tickets, half of them. I mean, qu- quite amazing. And I'm just kind of going to pose that, you know, what is it about Chelsea's away support? I, it's just quite, it, it never ceases to amaze me. What a phenomenal performance by us at the weekend. And of course, the whole of this season, really, Clayton.
3: Um, I think considering the amount of shite that I've had to watch, uh, it's a fantastic effort. I mean, it's always been that way, to be perfectly honest, because with away fans, you've got people that actually really want to be there. I know that's yeah. a fairly obvious thing to say. Um, I, I thought about this when I saw the script, and I thought, you know, how many games this year at home have you actually really wanted to move your ass out of bed to go and see? <laughs> Not very many. Um, but if you want to go to an away game, it means you've got to make the effort. It means you've got to travel, and it means you really want to be there. And I, and I think that is why there's more of an atmosphere. Quite interesting. Um, just looking at statistics, uh, looking at the league table on a waveform, we're sixth. Um, wow. Looking at the home form, we're 12th. Yeah. So, you know, our away form, is it a coincidence that you get a much better atmosphere at away grounds than you do at home grounds that our form's better? Who knows? Well, I think uh, we all,
0: we also get more space to play because teams, the, of course the, the, the onus is on the home team to come at course, us, I think. Of
3: course you do. But, you know, that's not detracting from the fact we've been rubbish this year. So, um no, I mean it's listen. I, I I very rarely go to away games. They are such fun. Uh, they are good. Um, and I mean, obviously, people who went to Swansea will say they're not always such fun. But the day is fun, you know. And mm. hopefully... I, I
0: I think I could sum it up perfectly. Uh, and this was a chant that I think you know probably went a little bit under the radar, unless you were unless you were there. Um, But basically, there was a wonderful chant towards the end going on, Fuck the football, we're out on the piss. Which I think absolutely nails it. It was such a great day. Now, um, we're going to have to go to a quick break, because I'm uh, I'm not doing very well with my budgeting tonight in terms of the show. But after the break, uh, we are going to be doing something that I've really begun to enjoy, actually, which is uh, when we don't have another match to talk to, uh, talk about. Uh, we get to have another version of the Chelsea Fancast Question Time. And it's where the people who listen to us live every week in Mixler, the hardcore of the Chelsea Fancast community, in fact, the, like they weigh support, really, of the Chelsea Fancast community. They get to ask questions to any one of us, collectively or individually. So uh, get your questions in during the break, and I will, I will uh, put them to the panel. We'll see you in a second. Real
2: fans, real
0: opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea.
3: FootballFancast.com
0: Right, welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. And it's whizzed along tonight because we've had lots to talk about. Uh, sadly no Jonathan with us I don't know what's happened to him but never mind we shall plough on regardless uh, and I've got uh, the wonderful Clayton Beerman and the lovely Good Tony week. Glover with me Bonsoir Bonsoir Monsieur Monsieur Mesdames messieurs. Right okay this is a lovely bit of the show as I said we only really get to do this because Chelsea have been shit this season so there has, there has been an upside uh, because it means we can open up a free for all for all the lovely people who very loyally I have to say in true Chelsea supporter style listen to us live every Monday night in Mixler And uh, it's, it gives them a chance to kind of ask us a few questions. Not that we're experts in anything, really. In fact, far from it. But, you know, it's it's nice to have a... Ch- a bit like a bit like the argument I was having with Rick Glanville in the pub on Saturday. It's that kind of thing. And the first question, I'm going to ask this to uh, Clayton. Which is, Clayton, uh, Steve, or CFC Mode says, should Steve Holland go?
3: Go where? That's a good point, but or I think go, I go to the I, cinema or what
0: I think you can you can flesh this out a bit because I know that um okay. you know, Conte wanted to bring a lot of his people in, and it seems that you know Lollachon is probably gonna stay, and there was debate about that. will Steve Holland stay will Amanarlo stay you know, in other words. You know, we're okay. not really going the whole hog, are we? So what do you think?
3: Right. So I I think when I, I did my article for you uh, about Conte, that I said I hoped Steve Holland stays. Because if John Terry is on his way out, um, we want some sort of conduit. If, if a lot of the backroom boys are going, we want some sort of conduit between the, the team and the players. And I think Steve Holland comes across. I mean, obviously, we don't know him as a, as a good guy and somebody who actually is good at his job, I think. Uh he caretake managed a victory, didn't he? Um I think I think he should should stay. The one that I actually think is you you mentioned Lollishon. I I actually think he needs the tin tack. I mean what has happened to, to uh to TC this year? I've got absolutely no idea. So whether Lollishon um is missing Mr. Check, I don't know, but um I don't know how much say the actual goalkeepers have. Mm in goalkeeping coaches and who's employed um but he's somebody i wouldn't be at all sad to see go uh but yeah i hope steve holland stays i really do
0: i've got to be honest mate and 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 i kind of agree with you i mean what i think frankly you know conte needs to uh be given his head in terms of who he wants to bring in uh and i think he needs to be given his head in terms of how he runs things I think if you've got Roman or Emanalo or any other, I'm trying to overrule him, pressurise him, prohibit him from doing it his way. Two things will happen. One, it won't well work. And two, he will go because he's got a track record of doing that. He did that at Juventus. You know, the minute they interfered and they wouldn't let him buy players, he said, well, I'm not having this. He's that kind of a guy. He's not going to put up with any bullshit whatsoever. So I would give him everything he needs and let him get on with the job and have almost absolute power if that's what he wants. With one caveat. Uh, I'm very, very worried about the character, personality, and actually, what I'm really talking about is the culture, uh, the English and the Chelsea culture of this team. And if, if as I'm, you know, sadly expected, JT goes, there is going to be nobody at that club who understands the mentality that was forged uh, under Mourinho first time round, and the, and the culture and the spirit and the Englishness of that team. And, and I think it's really important we have some people in and around the dressing room who get that. So if, if if it's Steve Holland, so be it. But I wouldn't be averse to bringing somebody who really gets the club from a while ago there. I mean, you know, Ray Wilkins is the obvious candidate, but I don't think he's ever coming back. But, you know, somebody of that ilk who gets it. What do you think, Den- Tony?
2: Dennis Wise, someone like that.
0: Well, why not? Exactly. Somebody you know, who gets it.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's it, you're, you're very right. I think... Um, it, to answer Steve uh, um, CFC modes, um, I don't think Steve Holland should go. I am with Clayton. I think if anybody should be probably out on his ear roll, it's Lolly Sean, who I think actually ruined check towards the end. Um, well, after the first Jose one, I think it's if it was Baltimore Brito or the other um, not not for the one who looked like a bouncer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one oh, ten,
0: not not that um, Dutch bloke.
2: No, 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 oh not God. him. It was Tank. No, oh God, I can't remember. Jose bought three, didn't he? Faria, Bre- uh, Balsall, Sil- Silvio. Is it, Sil- that's it. Silvio? That's Silvino Lauro, I think. Yeah, that was it. him. It. And I think he might have been the something to do with goalkeeper. And and um, when they left, you know, we were, we were the amount of times I sat there and just watched check hump the ball up the pitch to Drogba, um, got me a bit fed up. So I think you know, it's possibly I don't think he's as good as 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 he thinks he is or whatever Mm. Um, Steve Holland I think you're right it's a connection and it's a kind of continuity so someone who's been at the club and and whatever I I still think um, although I, i I. Probably in the minority, I think that possibly John Terry, I'd rather he went while he was still at the top rather than watch him decline, which I think is going to be an inevitable thing. There's a massive place for him in that team, yeah. you know, next to Conte, yeah. Um or whatever. I think Conti's is quite a cute bloke. I think he's obviously got a very um, sharp football brain and I think he will get the club. I think he'll be using his time or I'd like to think he's using his time to get the club, and but you know, you know what I mean by get the club, yeah. right? Well, what he um, should
0: do, mate, is come down to the roads of the Tommy Tucker after yes. a game and talk to us, and then he <laughs> yeah. he'll clearly get the culture of of what it means to be a, you know, to to to, to be Chelsea.
3: Yes, Mark, indeed. Mark Barford is great shout. Steve Clark. Yeah, absolutely. Clark I mean, Ed,
0: Eddie Newton's still around. Yeah. I mean, he's much more involved with the youth now, but you know, I mean, Eddie was uh, Robbie Robbie Dematteo's number two when we won the European Cup final, so you know. I mean, Eddie, Eddie gets it. I mean, you know, there there are people there, and I think they really need to do that because there's a a distinct lack of Englishness about that side at the moment, and it really worries me. Uh, Look, I've got to move on. I've just got, got, I've got a very, there's a couple that I can answer really, really, really quickly. One is not really a question, but Benny the Blue joined us a bit late. It's all right, Benny. We forgive you. He says hello, all. Just catching up. Glenn Crooks on the radio this morning in the U.S. Said it was disgraceful that Chesk and Hazard said so they wanted the foxes to win. Um, my only response to that, Benny, is who is Glenn Crooks? <laughs> uh, now there was. Does he,
3: does he mean Garth Crooks?
0: Well, I don't know. Well, I'd, I'd say the same thing. Apart from the man with the biggest head I've ever seen. I mean, you know, he. Oh. Looks, you know, Gl- Garth Crooks looks like. He's a um... I thought oh,
2: i Yeah, do. I mean, has anybody oh,
0: ever do. seen either Monty Python's uh, meaning of life? Uh, Mr. With creosote, Mr. creosote yes. or or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the yeah. first incarnation with uh, what was that wonderful
3: Augustus Gloop?
0: Yeah, he, he looks like the guy who kind of ate that bubble gum and exploded.
3: Yeah. You know? yeah. Anyway,
0: enough of yeah. Garth Crooks. He plays for you know who. Um, uh, there's another one from Benny, which is why I brought the first one up. He said I can answer this very very quickly. How is it possible that Falcao is the seventh wealthiest sportsman under the age of 30 in the UK? Easy. He's stealing a living. There you go. Yeah. I'm here all week. Now, I've got a proper question here from the wonderful Mark Barford. um, uh, Mark, I know you're listening. It was just fantastic to see you on an away match because I don't get out much, as you know. Uh, (laughs) I don't. It's very, very tragic.
3: Not without your carer.
0: No, it's very tragic. It's like I have to escape. It's like something out of uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest when I go away. You know, I have to, like, you know, avoid taking my meds and escape over the wall to be uh, allowed out. But it was lovely to see Mark at half-time, a lovely chat, really good to see him. But anyway, he says, shall we keep Oscar? I'm going to ask you that, Clayton, first.
3: Why? Because you know I like him?
0: No, no, because you. I asked uh, – Tony spoke okay. last. That's. What um,
3: I-, I think yes, and the only reason I'm saying this is because I've always liked him. I think we've, we've, we've t- discussed this to death that – we all know there's a footballer in there trying to get out. We all know that he's a really good player, or could be. For whatever reason, he's either not playing in the right position, or it just hasn't happened. I would give him one more season with a different manager, a decent manager. I'm not saying what we had before wasn't decent, but with just one more manager. And if Conte can't get a tune out of him, then I'd lob him.
0: Uh, my My feelings on that are, I think that's a really, really sensible a really, really sensible answer, mate, actually, because... Uh, don't I'm, sound
3: so surprised. Well, I'm
0: not surprised, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I'm surprised I'm about to agree with you because I, I, I've, i you know, I get a bit emotional and, and I've had it with him, basically. And yeah. I just don't think he's that's ever going to be...
3: Beautiful.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to be the player that I really hope that he could be. And I was such a huge fan of his and had such high hopes. But actually, I think that's really sensible because I get the feeling that, you know, Conte's not going to put up with any bullshit... And if if he doesn't do it for Conte, he'll be out quicker than you can say Conte, you know. So it'll you know I think I think actually sensible thing. Uh, Tony, what do you reckon, mate?
2: Um, I, I, absolutely the same. You you have to say that he's been, uh, he's flattered to, to deceive. He's he's had moments of brilliance, and this season, this season was the one I expected him to really do it because he had a proper break, didn't he? He didn't go on tour with Brazil or whatever it was last year um, because of an injury. And I'm doing the uh, the, the speech marks to that. Um, and he hadn't had a proper pre-season with us ever, has he really? Because he's always been, you know, how Brazil whore their players around the world, did not they? Basically just, you know, for, for money and for income and, and whatever, um, or to try and keep a, a reputation going from a for a team that has not performed, um, you know, Particularly well for years and years and years, um, but this was the season he'd, he'd had a proper preseason, and uh, and it's still not there. And, and there was this story, didn't he? Oh, was it last week, wasn't it? Marco um, spotted him driving out of yeah. that bridge, didn't he, before the City game or whatever? Um, that's never been satisfactorily answered. Jeffrey,
0: Jeffrey Bernard Oscar is unwell. Yes, yes. But
2: there's another <laughs> one for the teenagers, there, isn't there? You know. Um, so, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think one more season. I think the whole point of Conti is that um, of all of the coaches, he's he, I, he wouldn't have come to Chelsea um, to have been treated in the same way as other managers. I think he's very, very much that kind of Italian stubborn bastard who says, no, you know, I, I come, I'll do it my way. Um, my criticism of, of Carlo was always he was a bit of a puppet for me, whereas this guy seems much, much more, and as you said, Cicc, If he doesn't get what he wants, if people start interfering, he'll go. So yes, one more season because I think Oscar really has to realise that not only is the honeymoon over, yeah, but the first five years of his marriage have been a bit of a flop. Okay, he's he's got the occasional stiffy, but that's about all. Right? And I
0: think if you know what you know what he needs, mate, he needs some blue Viagra.
2: Absolutely, and he he needs Conti's Viagra to get him
0: Spanish fly, mate. <laughs> yeah, if, if I haven't if I haven't eaten it all.
2: Yeah, so I, I I'm I'm with that. Yeah, don't get rid of again. Ultimately, we know there's a player in there, a really good player, bursting to get out, and we 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 cannot be selling good players. We are just not in a position to be selling good players, I don't think.
0: Mm, good one. Right, I'm scanning down here because, of course, I've completely forgotten to uh, keep a check on the questions that have been flying in, and they have, actually. And by the way, while I'm here, Blue05, Blue, Blue 05, I think I, I won't reveal your name, uh, but I think your initials are RC. Just confirm that in a secret Masonic sort of way. But I, I, I got your email uh, after the cut, and it is just brilliant and i promise you faithfully that i will include it in next week's show and secondly um i've just got a text from jonathan who says he might be able to make it for part four so uh, excellent just I, you know yeah, there was a well, question
2: there was a question on there what that what i i week? i rather liked yeah um, yeah what was that what was that which was the one I, i'm just trying to find it but it was basically should we let tc go
3: should we let courtois no, go? No it said if we let TC go, who should we get Ah, uh, oh, well no, in I that know.
2: case then uh, I, I was very inan- I, I, the, the rumors were flying around that we were in for Forster. Mm. I'd be happy with that.
0: is that all you have to say about that and yes. okay yep. I mean you know goalie, goalie 59 is our, is our resident goalie expert um I know you don't want to sell. Courtois uh Clayton but if, if we if let's say Courtois told us to piss off and went to Real Madrid who should we get as his replacement
3: uh i don't know i mean i really don't know i mean foster i haven't seen enough of him i mean he's a, he's a massive lump of a guy um i don't know i really don't know that i i mean begovic i think is 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 a good goalkeeper um i know that i think he looked dead ropey on Saturday I know he made a couple of good saves but you can't basically with goalkeepers you can't get them back and forth and back and forth <laughs> Daniel Francisco says get checked back no mate he's had his day um, I don't know to be perfectly honest I think I'd, I'd, I'd like to have a look at that I mean obviously the best goalkeeper in the league plays for the team that I hate the most in the league um, Schmeichel's good goalkeeper but why would he come to us I don't you know he's, he's a decent keeper but um, I mean, Butland. Uh, yeah, I think Butland's a good shout. I really do. I think he's he's a very decent goalkeeper, and I think he's only going to get better. I don't know what I don't know what the age difference is between Fraser Foster and Butland. I think Butland's probably younger. Uh, but you wait and see. he will have a new invigorated TC between the sticks next year.
0: Mm. Well, <clears> let's hope. I hope, hope so. so. Yeah, yeah, I hope
3: so. I don't. I think he's gone.
0: Wait, what? What? What do you mean he's he's gone? Because he's going to go to Madrid, or he's gone because he's not ever going to be very good?
3: No, he's gone because he's going to go to Real Madrid. I yeah. don't actually. I, I, you know, you you cannot tell me that somebody who arrived as potentially one of the top three goalkeepers, the best in the world, when he came back, um, you know, there was him, there was De Gea, and there was um, the Spurs goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> they, they don't and, count. They don't count, Clayton. You know that. And <laughs> and, and basically, he's gone from being this fantastic all singing, all dancing goalkeeper. This meek, mild, mannered oh, am I gonna dive? Am I gonna throw myself? I don't know, there's something not quite right. Whether it's a mental thing or not, I don't know. But um there's something not quite right there at the moment. Yeah. Whether whether he's decided or signed something and he's decided he's off, I don't know. I mean I'd be I think it's a real shame because he's what, twenty three uh and yeah. if he can get back to anywhere near where he was when he was playing for Atletico. Um that's that's our goalkeeper for the next 10 years which is why I wasn't heartbroken when Pesa left. But uh something's gone horribly wrong.
0: There's a fantastic question here. That was that one by the way was from the lovely Bob Uzray. Uh Ben Benny the Blue uh, he's getting two bites of the cherry tonight because this yeah. question is so good. It uh, is. yeah, he says what games from the past should a Blues fan play? For his eight-year-old son. Oh, so let's let's imagine that every match was on DVD. But I'm I'm going to kick this off.
3: <laughs> well, and I, I think, saw like, Alan May's score has already taken one of them. Uh,
0: yeah, he's got the 4-2 against Liverpool in '97, and I I would have picked that myself because that's still actually one of my favourite Chelsea games of all time. I'll tell you a few more. Just can I can I just have a first bash at this, and then no doubt nick all the ones you were going to do. I would very quickly choose the 5-1 uh, against Spurs in the semi-final. I would, uh, you know, in the FA Cup in 2012, I would choose the uh, the Napoli game of the Champions League run-in because that was just the most amazing atmosphere and the turning point uh, in that campaign where we won the Champions League. I would choose the 6-1 at White Hart Lane, definitely. Uh, and I would probably choose the uh, Chelsea uh, drawing 1-1 with Arsenal uh, you know Chelsea are back in '84, was it '84 '85? Around then. Yeah. So yeah. just off the t- off, just off the tip of my tongue, those you know trying not to choose finals because that's obvious, I think. So those those are the ones I would choose. What about you, boys?
2: Well, I I I had a, a final, um, which was my first one, which was the 1970 final. Um, you weren't
0: you weren't at the sixty-seven final, Tony. No, final.
2: mate, no, mate. I was, I was. I thought you were there in fifty-five when we yeah, were league. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, mate. Yeah, this is, this <laughs> you're is, younger you're just, than me. You realise yeah, yeah. I, I thought I owed you a point. I think you might have just had that one tipped over, mate, as I handed it over to you. Um, Oops. <laughs> I, I would, I would. Suggest that, that the seventy-one uh, because it was mine, but also because um, you, you, two contrasting games you you couldn't have got with the you know the pitch and everything and and the fact that we were never in the lead in that game until Webb scored the final goal um, in the replay so I'm talking both games there you know they were three days apart as I remember Um,
3: Tony sorry to interrupt they were three weeks apart were they yes you sure absolutely positive
2: I'm gonna to have to go and check that because that seems an inordinately long time to have a replay of a cup final. But okay, that's
3: that's that's why I, that's why I remember because it was just it was ridiculous. But I think it I think you'll find it was three weeks. Yeah,
2: I think this that that's one. I think one of the other ones, and I can't remember what year this was. I was in the West Stand. It was a game against Aston Villa that we were. Uh, I think we were a, a goal down. And for that sec- the second half, I don't think I've seen us pummel a team like it. It was just absolutely, absolutely at them got the equaliser. And we carried on, carried on wave after wave. And I, I just seem to remember the bloke next to me picked me up like I was the FA Cup when we scored the winner. Uh, it was just fabulous that, that that particular night. And then I think on top of that, if I was going to go for a third choice, I'd probably take the 6-0 smashing of Arsenal at Stanford Bridge. Because I fucking hate Arsenal. <laughs> and I wouldn't want any kid of mine to be going anywhere near that.
3: Clayton? Uh, I One game which you guys have, have missed, which I'm quite surprised about. There's only been two games where I've actually been in the East Stand and I've actually felt the East Stand move. One of them was that Liverpool game mm. where we came back from 2-0 down.
0: And the like other the four, one was... The 4-2.
3: Yeah, and yeah. the other one was when we beat Vincenzo in the semi-final oh, of the Cup Winners' oh, Cup, yes. which yes. was one of just one of the greatest games of football I've ever seen. It was just a wonderful, wonderful game. Um, I remember. I mean. It's difficult because if you're showing games, one of one of the games that really sticks in my mind is when um, we beat Spurs three 0 at home midweek game, and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank scored a hat trick. He scored a right foot, a left foot, and a header. I was there. That was a that was a fabulous game, um, and one of my first games, which you know tests the memory, is when we beat Watford five one in the semi final of the nineteen seventy FA Cup ah. uh, to get to the final. Uh, I remember my old dad taking me to that one and, and just basically, you know, the great side, obviously the side that won the cup. And then at the end of that game, just turning to my dad and saying with, with utter disbelief, does that mean we're in the final at Wembley now? And it was just because, you know, only a sprogly, but just, yeah. So th- those those three games, I mean... You should be able to see most of them on uh, on YouTube or, or yeah. goals. Of, but yeah, there, there's lots of great stuff out there. Or alternatively, just buy the DVD for the 2004-2005 season. Mm. Yeah. Just stick, stick him in front of that.
0: Okay. Right. Listen. I've got. My, I'm going to round this up. I'm going to ask you a question that's almost similar to that. Uh If there's one, and I th- you have to choose one match. I'm going to be really mean. If there's one Chelsea match that you weren't at that you'd have liked to have been
3: at, which one is it? That's easy. Absolutely easy for me. Go on. Barcelona away in the new camp. Yeah, in the new I wasn't camp there. Fair shout. Tony?
2: Um, benefit of hindsight, yeah, it would be Munich.
0: Because you didn't get to Munich, did you? Yeah, no, uh, I didn't.
2: And I, and I had the chance to go and I, uh, I aired on the side of caution with my missus and everything, thinking about the money and all this sort of stuff. And uh, boy, did I regret that afterwards. But there you go. Yeah, you make your choice and yeah. uh, you live by it. Yeah, maybe better lie in it. You do
0: indeed. Game. Um, and There was one other match that I, I think that, that, sorry to go back, because you're kind of retreading this a bit, but uh, I think if you could get um, full TV coverage, because I don't think it was on TV, but when we lost 6-0 to Rotherham, I think every Chelsea
3: fan should be made to watch that as part of their education. Um, do, you, do you know something? I've just a, on, on the back of that, we lost 6-0 up there and we lost 4-0 at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I, remember, I remember that we tried to get out of the ground at half-time at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. We were 2-0 down yeah. and they wouldn't, they wouldn't let us. How much, how, is, how cruel is that?
0: Anyway, look, I'm, I'm really torn for this one. I, I would love to have been at the Camp new, uh, for that, and I wasn't. But I had a great time watching it in the pub. It was mental over here. I'd have loved to have been at Highbury to see us beat them 2-1 to get into the semi-final of the Champions League. When we, forgot when, about uh, that. that. When, was, when, yeah, when, 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 when we, ru- we ruined the Invincibles yeah. tag in many respects. I would love to have been at... Uh, Old
3: Trafford it's, for sorry, seven. So, sorry, this is the one game that we've got. To no, pick. I know, I know, I haven't picked it yet. <laughs> I'm just going through. I'm, it's, it's your show. I know. Yeah, yeah, shut, yeah, up, yeah. shut
0: up, shut <laughs> up, Um I'd have loved to have been at the 1970 final. I would have also loved to have been at the, uh, the, you know, the re. Well, the original and the replay in Athens, largely because oh, I, yes. I kind of. There, there are two people that I would shoot and then mount on a wall for being there, and that's my mate Psycho Phil and the wonderful John Fleming. And I love them. In fact, you know, Walter now calls John Athens John. I mean, that's the reverence for which I hold people who were there, because there were so few there. Yeah. But actually, you know, Wait, I wasn't. I wasn't old enough. I wasn't old enough. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't old enough to be there. But what well, I have very few excuses for. This is the one I would choose, and it's the '97 cup final and I just so screwed up because being the eternal Chelsea pessimist I convinced myself two or three months before even after the Liverpool win that we weren't going to be in the in the cup final uh, so I allowed my wife to book us on holiday to uh, somewhere like St Lucia and I went there instead and I have regretted that ever forever after because I think the, the outburst of relief and joy uh, when we won the cup when you know Oh yeah. After twenty-seven years, was yeah. just just like mental. So I think if I have one regret, it was that. So there we go. Boys, we should uh, we should really. Um, well, I'm just wondering if Jonathan's back. But actually, we should we should go to the break anyway, really, because we've been waffling on for too long. So you lovely people, in a minute when we come back, we will. Oh, Mark's just said one, a late runner from Chidge. Yeah, the the you know the Chelsea are back at Highbury to see Kerry score that goal when we absolutely took Arsenal over. I'm very torn between those two. Good shout, Mark. Right. After the break, we'll be back. Uh, we may or may not have Jonathan to read the email this week and a few other things, but we shall see. Uh, we'll see you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the
3: Chelsea.
0: Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast and we're in the the home straight part four and I'm delighted to say that as well as the wonderful Tony Glover and Clayton Beerman chaps... Hello. Good evening. Who have been wonderful and lovely and very erudite, or even what's that glue? Araldite. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> they've been, they've both been araldite tonight. Uh, but uh, we have greatly missed for the last three parts the lovely Jonathan Kidd. But I'm delighted to say that Jonathan has joined us for the last part. I have entered. You have announced Jonathan. Hello, everybody. No, it's really lovely that you managed to make it for oh, at least I'm so part of sorry. it. i so and sorry. I'm so like, sorry. I have, I have so to be honest, sorry. Jonathan. It's not gone unnoticed on Mixler that it's strange that you should appear for your bit. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: have to say, invited by you, I gave you the opportunity. You did. To, well, I well, to text you by saying, Do you still want me? I'm quite happy I to know, put Jonathan... this one out.
0: In a completely non sexual way, I always want you. You Aww. know that. In a, uh, in a mate's way. I in a mate's very, way. Very you got, chummy way. So like no, you said
1: no tongues chew. Like
0: you said to me, I'm your only friend, you're my only friend. So you know <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't and I and I miss you if I don't speak to you on a Monday. You're like a you're a permanent fixture on the show, so oh, it'd be sorry, terrible guys. for me. Sorry about no, that. Right, and Shit. I had so
1: much to say about the Aww. game, as I said in, in the, the gap, I was I took notes. Took okay. masses of notes. I was well, we, gonna say hazard it's, didn't it's, play as I was gonna say hazard didn't play as well as everybody said he did.
0: We could always extend the show for another hour so you can talk about it. Actually no say, no we it, can't. It's ironic, <laughs> isn't it?
3: It's ironic that Jonathan is the only one who has got anything to talk about <laughs> the game. I know, <laughs> bless
0: him. All right, Jonathan, we have got an absolutely stonking email for you to read tonight where I am I am being right rightfully chastised as I recall, and we shall I shall respond at the end of it, but off you go, my friend.
1: It's the one from Jamie Olive Oh dear, Chidge. Mm. Hi, Chidge and everyone. I enjoyed downloading the show and listening on my journey to and from work. Starting the show after Munich, my first game was Ian Hutchinson's testimonial, and my first away game was at the Valley with my dad in 1977 when bonfires were lit by Chelsea fans. <laughs> from then to 2012 was a roller coaster. It was. Is that a metaphor?
3: No, it's not. They actually set fire. There. They did. They I actually know. set fire to the um, to the food stall at the back of the thingy. Oh God!
1: I have a terrible, terrible uh, confession to make. I think I may have been there.
3: I was I there played... as well. Alan Alan Simonson played for Charlton.
1: Yes, yes. Well, yes. He he was a very good player, wasn't he? He scored Danish. a lot of goals for them as really well. Really good by. Yeah, yeah. Long sort of foppish haircut, didn't he? A kind yep. of. Little we, floppy we, got thing. Stu- we got stuffed. As always. As always, yes. Anyway, um, sorry to interrupt, Jamie. Sorry up in the middle. Um, I wanted to pick you well, up. This is the bad bit, Chidge. I wanted to pick you up on something that was said by you when discussing season ticket renewal this year. For the best reasons, you spoke about making sure you renew so the club doesn't sell those tickets to tourists. I agree with the sentiment, but wanted to tell you about my sixteen-year-old son. He's been travelling with a mate from just outside Reading to as many games as possible this season just to get as many loyalty points as he can in order to get a season ticket next season by the end of the season he'll have 98 points he's exactly what this club needs new blood as you all admitted this week you're all over 50 well i'm almost over 50 and i'm not <laughs> and i'm not and i'm not far behind we need to ensure teenagers get the chance to get season tickets so all i'd say is renew for the right reasons, but not just to stop others from getting them. Not everyone are day trippers. Thank you for doing the show each week. Let's hope we have the opportunity of talking about a great performance at least once more this season. All the best to one and all, and up the Chels. Jamie. Uh, I like Barnes. that. I like that.
0: OK, well, I, I have to say that, I mean, actually, do you know what occurred to me when I read that? I just thought, bloody hell, you know, we get some fantastic emails sent into this show. We're really, you know, every week we get an absolute cracker, but that has got to be one of the best. And and it's one of the best because the point's absolutely true and valid. And I thought, but more to the point, Jamie puts it in a really kind way. You know, he didn't, he didn't stick the boot in and get all, you know, overreact. I thought he put it in a really measured way. I mean, look, if I have a right of reply, what I would say is, um, you know, I, I, my point wasn't exactly, to uh, you know not give up my season ticket to stop other people getting it and I might have got a bit carried away by saying that I think the chronology is important here my point was was that if the generation of the hardcore support give up their season tickets it plays into the club's hands because the club would rather have inverted commas tourists coming in who will spend more money with the club and in the megastore and all of that and I know that they like that um i think the, the main point that jamie makes is that he's right there are hundreds of well i mean i've been saying this and writing in cfc uk about it moaning about it for years i say it on the trust i say it to their face in the club but i have a real issue that thousands of i mean let's be frank youngsters working class people kids have been disenfranchised from this club over the last 10 15 years largely by the exorbitant prices that you have to pay for a ticket and it's an absolute crime of earth shattering proportions in a football sense and and and, and, and I mean that's a, a, a you know a, a living breathing example of what we're talking about there's a kid here who's desperate to come to Chelsea um and he and, he, and he's denied access and and I think you know Jamie's got a point it's a well known fact that uh, the average age of season ticket holders at Chelsea is mid mid 40s to you know late 40s, uh, and and we sit there on our fat asses, and and yeah. it does and it does it stops the kids getting in. I mean, what I would say as a response to that, Jamie, is that you know I personally, uh, when I say personally, but together with the trust and other organisations, fought very very hard with the club to extend the um, the youth kind of category from 16 upwards, so that it kind of brings in a lot of kids who would otherwise, you know, they get to 16 and then they become an adult and they're paying double for the season ticket, which prices them out. So, you know, I've done a lot of work to try and encourage that. I make a lot of noise to the club about uh, trying to expand the number of kids who get access. So um, I think you have to to marry it up, you know, what I said about that. But really my point was that, you know, I, I, I would hate to play into the club's hands uh, to allow them to get away with continuing to price the people who really deserve to be there out at the expense of getting people who are prepared to spend a lot more money. Does that does that make sense, uh, boys? It
1: does. Chid, Chid of the club listen to you.
0: Um, actually, well, not me personally. I mean, I've been part of many. Or to people. the trust, to the trust. Well, the trust, and 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 we've made, you know, representations on the forum and all sorts of other things. But yes, they have because they've been increasing the they're doing it slowly and incrementally but it's going in the right direction i mean i think my hope is that the cutoff there'll be they'll be like cutoff points uh you know i would like to see it go to 24 in an ideal world you know so it's young adults um and, and i take jamie's point you get you get more kids between the ages of 16 and 24 in there uh, kind of the ages that we all were when we all started going they're going to make a lot more noise it's going to be a lot more raucous and it's going to be a lot more what i like to see at football Um, But I I don't know if they'll ever go that far, but I think certainly they'll probably get as far as 21. Um, But I think they've gone up to 18 now. Somebody on here who's intelligent will probably tell me what the limit is now, but they've certainly made moves in the right direction.
1: Is that is that a, as a consequence of the um, yeah of the trust and yeah, the yeah. forums
0: from yeah, putting pressure right. on
1: them, so they are listening to
0: them. Yeah, and and all of those who get together in an organised way to to talk to Chelsea. So you know, it's not just the trust; it's it's others too. Mark Mark Barfoot knew I knew he'd be on the ball. He says it's twenty. So yeah, I mean, and I remember when it was sixteen, and it wasn't that long ago. So they they are listening. Uh, it's not enough. I mean, the other thing one should say is, of course, is that anybody who knows about the plans for the. The new stadium. will know that one of the things they're trying to do there is to get in um, a lot of a lot of kids as well. You know, they want to make sure there's enough tickets for kids locally, and you know, it's important. No, that's, what, that's what West Ham has done, isn't it? So. Yeah. yeah, but they really think, need to be doing that.
2: It's and it's. it's I don't think it's, it's not just a problem with Chelsea, though, is it? Let's face it, it's a Premier League issue. Yeah, you know, it, it's the whole Premier League, which is, you know, the, the prices have gone up, the costs have gone up, and, and to a degree, they've priced a lot of the. The old hooligan element out of it, I, I guess to a degree, which in one way is good. But you're right, it's you know, I mean, a win by no means the most expensive. Not you know, Arsenal are, are far more, uh, far more expensive than, and United as well. So far it is far more touristy. It, far more touristy at the Emirates. Uh, mm. Yeah, well, absolutely, and I, I think, but it's, it's 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 a bit of a curse of modern football because you know the club, for what everybody's, we've said it before loads of times, it's a business. They want that. They want you no, know, I I don't go and spend 200 quid in the mega store every week when I go there.
0: Yeah, so we're not proper fans, you see.
1: But it was what... interesting also to see how many kids there were in the Bournemouth crowd.
0: Oh, well, there you go. I mean, the the point of this, Jonathan, um, is it's supply and demand. You know, it's as simple as that. And, you know, this is the club's argument for having a bigger stadium, is that they can look to cater more for that. Of course, the great fear is is that they'll go down the Arsenal route. And I think, certainly on the trust, we're trying very hard to make them realise how dreadful that will be if they do that. But, you know, at the end of the day, if that's the way they want to go, there's very little we can do to stop them. I, and it's interesting that you pick up on Bournemouth, because I've, I've, there's a little uh, friend uh, who I've made on Twitter recently, and she's a, a Huddersfield Town FC supporter. And she's was telling me, you know, what they do there. And it's just another world. You know, they're so inclusive. They pull out all the stops to get the kids in. They pull out all the stops to make it as affordable as possible. You know and ultimately it's because they have to because otherwise they don't get a full stadium and they don't make any money mm, you know yeah, and it is really it's i'm afraid it's it's supply and demand and and we support a club who are now an elite club, and we only have forty two thousand seats, and that's what's gonna happen, but providing the trust and other other you know like minded organizations are getting in there and telling them you know how it should be. Uh, then that's that's the best that we can do to try and make them make some of the right decisions some of the time, you know. Um, can I just finish up on that? Because we do need to move on. Jamie, that is a brilliant email, and I'm apolo I apologise for letting my mouth run away before my brain could catch up. But I hope I've somehow kind of uh, you know uh, made you feel a little bit better about what my intentions really are about that. But it, it's a very valid point. The bottom line is we'll all be dead in a few years, and it's people like your son who'll be the lifeblood of this club. So they're bloody important. And I get your point totally. Right, Jonathan. Uh, I think there's some a nice little bit of segues back on the back of that. If we've got a trust plug coming up, haven't we? But CFC UK first.
1: Can I do that first? Yeah. Mm, yeah.
0: Hurry up, then, Chid. Hurry up. Uh,
1: you can get the latest. Uh, uh, you, put, you put the. Oh yes, the last of the season. Sorry, yeah. I'm so used to reading latest. I I did, I did that on, on automatic pilot there. Um, you can get the last CFC UK of this season at home games from the at, at the home game.
0: I know, it's all shit English, because I tried to change it and probably got bored halfway through. Bottom line is, mate, it's the last CFC UK of the season. I'm sorry, I I just disappeared,
1: Chidge. Somebody phoned me. Sorry. Oh,
0: okay. Well, it's the the last CFC UK of the season. I know this, because I delivered the article on Thursday.
1: Thank you. uh, I shall be more specific then. You can get the last CFC UK of this season at home games from the CFC UK stall opposite the Fulham Broadway tube and also at away games. So you can get it at uh, Sunderland. Um, if you can't get it there, you can always get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, follow Twitter account at CFCUKUSA. And if anyone is interested in getting a CFC UK copy, contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at D-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G underscore. That's D-Lundberg underscore.
0: Just a quick interjection, because the lovely, lovely Bonnie Rig Blues, uh, who we have a lot of tweets with. In fact, uh, Tony's kind of answered this on Mixler as well. But I want to add to this, because they ask, are you a tourist if you go to the games from somewhere in the UK? And I I know where they're coming from there, because I know that they come from quite a way to come to games. That's not, no. My definition of a tourist is a football tourist. Somebody who doesn't really support Chelsea, but just wants to go to a Premier League game. And they're and, and a, lot, a lot like that. And, and they just don't have the passion for it that a lot of people do. And, you know, this show, as we all know, we've got a lot of people who listen from overseas, many of whom have been lucky enough to make it over, come to the game, have a few drinks. And they're as passionate as anybody I know who's been going for years. They are not tourists. If you come from Scotland or Northern Ireland or, or Ireland, I know plenty of do, drink with them all. You know, they're as, they've been supporting for years. They're as passionate as I am. It doesn't, it doesn't It's irrelevant where you come to or come from. It's, it's what your passion is. And, and for me, a football tourist is exactly that. They're, there, they're somebody who is there to see the sights. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Move on.
1: Uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust join the trust get your voice heard by the club it's only five pounds to become a voting member or it's free for non-voting members um sign up at chelsea supporters trust.com so you can attend the meetings come to the events and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard you can follow them on twitter at chelsea s trust and there's um uh, an sgm is that uh, rather than a um Uh, What does that
0: stand for, Jude? It's a special general meeting. Oh, yeah, that's
1: right. right. I'm attending. I've said I'll attend. But frankly, they're
0: not special. I mean, basically, we are um, uh, democratically kind of accountable, responsible. We we have to have, I think it's four SGMs a year, which is basically where you can go and meet the board face-to-face in the pub and we have an organised meeting, etc., etc., etc. But we tend to do one or two of them a year as well, or instead of as VGMs, which we do by... You know, basically, uh, we do it via the Chelsea fan cars, as you know. But it's a special general meeting at the Chelsea
1: it, Pensioner indeed. Pub in the Cellar Bar. Indeed. Uh, which is just uh, just by the ground. there's uh, before the Spurs game at 2.15 15, 2. pm rather than 2.15 in the morning, which would be foolish. Um, with the meeting finishing at 4. Uh, and of course, you've then got a few hours to get completely bloated uh, before as the if. game starts in the evening. As if. As if, as if that would happen. <laughs>
0: I'll um, be doing that before. <laughs> and
1: of course you will you'll, so you'll be you'll have about 8 hours to get. Well to sadly you. I can't be there mate.
0: Of course you can't. No oh. I can't be there. Oh no. Absolutely and, gutted.
1: Anyway an agenda will go out to CST members shortly so it's worthwhile becoming a member just so you can get that agenda.
0: And of course there'll be more booze available cuz I won't be there. Uh,
1: yeah they have a keg especially for you don't they the chidge keg. <laughs> <laughs> you, you won't oh, have yeah. access to so. um anyway a CPO um, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea protect the future of the club go and buy a share in the Chelsea Pitch Owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge to find out how to buy a share for £100 email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com slash fans slash chelsea hyphen pitch slyphen slyphen doesn't make any sense hyphen Owners and follow them on Twitter at pitch owners.
0: Excellent stuff, Jonathan. I'm so glad you made it in time to do that because you do it so much better than I do. No, no,
1: I just said, I just said, um, uh, which is embarrassing. Oh,
0: that's all right. (laughs) You're allowed one slip of the tongue. I mean, Tony's little answer to Bonnie Rig Blues is interesting. Do, do you get what I mean, Tony? I mean, would Absolutely. you agree with my definition? Because yeah, you have yeah, to be very careful how you define that. I take your point, you know, if I, you go I, to a I, game, you're a fan, but yeah. it's not actually as simple as that, is it?
2: No, I, 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 the a word, uh, wording for me that would have been better there for my answer was... Um, I don't like this kind of apartheid that goes on in football, where we say, you know, you only get one game of, you know, every season or whatever. Therefore, you're a plastic or whatever. And, and in some way, it's more honourable if you're an away fan than you, if you're a home season ticket holder. Um, you know, I, you know I've, I've met plenty of people. I met them two Irish lads with you in the in the yeah. club. Their first game. Yeah. Oh, Christ almighty, They were absolutely buzzing. But, but for they're
0: them. not. They weren't football tourists.
2: No, they weren't. And I, I get your point because you yeah. do see the old. Um, you do to see the old, you know, they're going in there with their cameras and they're clicking yeah. away, and the, yeah. you, they're there because it's it's something to do on their visit to well, London.
0: Exactly that, and that's my point. That's for yeah. me what yeah. defines them as a tourist because they are there to see the sights.
2: Yeah, but I think you know, not to
0: partake. Can
3: I, can I just say that I think, um, what you're saying is if you are going to the game to actually watch a game of football rather than actually supporting either one of the teams. Hello? Oh, yeah, 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 we're listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's more what you're saying. It's like, I'm in London, what can I get a ticket for? Yeah, oh, i yeah. go and see that. I don't really care who wins or loses. I want the experience of seeing a Premier League game. So I think you're coming more from that angle rather than that because I, I equate this to me. Every time I go to the States, if I go to New York depending on what time of the year it is, I must go and see a baseball game. I must go and see the Yankees play because that's the team I follow. Or I must go and see the New York Rangers because they're an ice hockey team that I follow. And I follow them on the internet because obviously I can't go and see them. So, yes, I'm a tourist, but I think of myself as a, an overseas fan. Mm. So I think there's a, there's a sort of... It's very de- difficult
0: to delineate. Yeah. But it is
3: difficult. I mean, ultimately... You just want people in that stadium that care for Chelsea, that want Chelsea to win.
0: And who partake and engage. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to sing, but you have to be engaged in it. I mean, because Jonathan, you know, for various reasons doesn't sing, but you try telling me he's not engaged in that game. I mean I've seen you can't
3: him. Can't stop the man singing. I know.
0: Listen we should move on because we're, waf- <laughs> we're, we're waffling on we're waffling on and we've got to we, we've got to go we've got to go. <laughs> right. Um somebody who is even more passionate and nutty than we are is the wonderful wonderful uh, Paul Cannavill and Canners is on a tour and I do love uh, uh, making uh, Brenda Darcy happy by reading out the plug for his tour and he's going to be in the states. He's going to be with the Boston Blues and the Banshee Pub between May the 14th and 17th. You can uh, follow what's going on with them by following them on Twitter at Boston underscore Blues. Uh, he'll be with Atlanta Blues at Meehan's Buckhead, May 17th, 22nd, uh, and they are at ATL Blues. Shed End Dallas, the Londoners Pub, May 22nd to 26th, and they are at Dallas Shed End. And Bayou City Blues at the Phoenix Brew Pub, May 26th to 29th, and they are at Bayou City Blues. Now, Paul will also be playing uh, some football in aid of the Soccer Streets charity. So if you want to help out and donate, you can go to soccerstreets.org forward slash squad forward slash 517 to donate. And whilst we're in a, um, well, a magnanimous and uh, generous and giving mood. And if you've enjoyed this show and if you enjoy any other shows that we do for free and for love, because we love you. Uh, then maybe you can you know give something back by helping me or more to the point. Uh, one of my best friends, because last year, one of my oldest and best friends, Brian Wilmot, sadly passed away from cancer, way too young. He was only 50, which is my age. And both me and my best mate, Simon, were, as you can imagine, rather gutted. Now, around the same time, Simon also lost his father from cancer just a few weeks before. But uh, Simon is actually running the Edinburgh Marathon on May the 29th to raise money in memory of these two wonderful, amazing people who we miss and loved to bits massively. Now, I obviously would love to run a marathon to raise money for the blood cancer charity, Bloodwise, but basically I am very, very fat and very, very unfit, and I would probably have a heart attack which means that somebody would then be running a marathon to help me. <laughs> so I'd run the marathon for you, Chich. I know you would. Now, uh, I'd, Clayton, I'd cl- I'd Clayton you, you sound like a bloody <laughs> Dalek again, so I'm going to ring you back in a minute, honestly. He anyway, eat a
1: marathon, he said, for you, too Oh,
0: he could eat a marathon for me, indeed. So the point of this is that Simon is running a marathon so <laughs> that I don't have to, uh, which is great of him, and he's a lovely lad. So uh, what I need you to do is to help him raise as much money as you can that's but that's my my bit is to try and ra- help raise as much money as I can so I'm asking you very nicely politely and kindly and failing that I will beg uh, and plead with you and prostrate myself in front of you to do, to donate to my best friend's run in honor of one of my best friends and his dad now you can donate by clicking on the link uh, which is justgiving.com forward slash peter hyphen and hyphen Brian and you can follow my mate uh on Twitter at son of uh, and I shall put that link up on uh, Mixler as we speak, because I can, because we have the technology. Don't you just love that? It's fantastic. There you go. Boom. It's actually posted on the Mixler link now. Now, while I'm prattling on and uh, doing all this, I'm going to try and get Clayton back so that we can say goodbye to him. But it, it, bring me back to plug plan, please. Uh, well, there we go. Well, if you don't, if you don't sound like a bloody Dalek, mate, I will. Anyway, no doubt he'll rear his head in a minute. We haven't gone yet, so he still has time. Um, So while uh, we're trying to find Clayton and get him back, I'm going to say that we will be back uh, next Tuesday to report back on quite possibly uh, the biggest game we've ever had since the last biggest game we've ever had. Hello. Yes, hello, Clayton. Uh, Don't worry, there'll be time for you to get your plug in. Um, yes, the must-not-lose game against Spurs and the chance to derail their title bid. Let's hope we can stop the cock crowing and instead castrate it. Tumbleweed, as always. <laughs> I, I, I give up. I just give up. Um, so, sorry, again,
2: sorry. I, was, I was just retweeting your link.
0: Oh, well, oh you're an angel. In and that I case, was, I forgive I was forgive.
1: hoping for mortgage. I thought you were going to do a cock impression. You know
0: what they say, Jonathan. You know what they say, Jonathan. Always leave the audience wanting more. You yes, should know this. Now, my, my mate Clayton, who, are you sounding like a Dalek? I don't know, you tell me. No, you're sounding lovely. In which case, before you end up a Dalek again, uh, okay. it's time to, right.
3: time to plug Plan. Thank you very much indeed. As you know, I am a big supporter of Plan UK, Plan International, uh, who are the global charity partner uh, for Chelsea, or with Chelsea. Um, they are playing a five-a-side tournament or football tournament at Stamford Bridge on May the 19th uh, to celebrate my wedding anniversary. No, um, in all seriousness, <laughs> to, to to raise funds. And um, it's £5,000 to enter a team or £500 a player if a whole load of people want to get together rather than it be uh, a corporate um event, but that's, I'd, I'd say, more likely if you can speak to your company, see whether they are interested in doing it. There's all the details are on the website, or I can give you the details. Um, it's a fantastic day out. Uh got to have 10 players uh, for a team, plus an optional manager. Um, and Basically, you get to play on the pitch. You will get to um, meet and uh, see Carlo Cudicini who is a club ambassador and also uh, gets involved with Plan. So um, if you know of anybody who'd be interested in doing that, I mean, I'd love to play. I'm going to try and um, go along for the day, uh, see if I can help out and volunteer for the charity. I doubt whether anybody still wants me to play football anymore these days. Um, But um, if anybody wants any more details, then just uh, get in touch with me uh, and I'll be happy to provide them or go onto the website. Thank Mm -hmm.
0: you. And you are at goalie fifty nine. I am, and I'm going to re- remind people of that in a minute. But we really must go because we are well, well, well over Thanks, time. Wait, That's all oh, right. Wow. My pleasure. Okay, now uh, next week, as I said, uh, next week, as I said, we will be uh, hopefully strangling the cock, choking the chicken, plucking the bird. There's a whole load of puns that are coming out on Mixler at the moment in response to mine. Now, thankfully, I will be joined, hopefully, by Jonathan from ten to seven, not half past <laughs> eight. Uh, and I'll be joined by Dan Levine and Mark Worrell to bring some sense and decorum to, to proceedings. Now, that is a lineup next week, isn't it? Wow. Jonathan, Dan Levine, and Mark Worrell, and me. And it will be Tuesday night, not Monday, because we're playing Spurs on Monday. Who'd have thought? Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge. Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Tony at Jack, UK, Clayton at Goalie59. And of course, check out the website chelseafancast.com. Clayton's got a wonderful, stonking blog up there called Oscar Wilde. So go and have a read of that. Um, we should also say, go and listen to the Podding Shed. Are you doing yeah, on this yeah. week? Uh, no, no, we we
2: we're not like you. We pod when we want. We pod when we want. <laughs> we pod when we
0: want. We're miserable old bastards. Oh, bastards. We pod when pod we when want. We want. Uh, yeah. Good for you. Uh, no, I no, love we you guys. Oh, I won't right, be next week because I'll be in France. That'll oh, be a well, week you after go. now. Uh, yeah. you're, you are my favourite podcast. You know that, Tony. So there you go. Yes. <laughs> it's lovely that we nick you for here the other, uh, every time. In fact, we will we, we'll see you in a couple of weeks, won't we?
2: Well, you will indeed. Yes. We I, uh, the week after I get back from France. no doubt I'll be um, nicely jollied up.
0: Lovely. I look forward to that. Right. Lovely to see you boys in here. It's been great fun as always. Clayton, great to see you. Thank you very much for having me on. As always. Jonathan, sorry we only got you for one part. We I feel yeah, shortchanged, mate.
1: Deeply sorry too, because I'd so
0: much to say Aww. about the Bournemouth game. Never I, mind. I, I... The rest, I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll make it up next week. Uh, I can't guys, talk about the Bournemouth game next week. We no, we can't. Anyway, guys, uh, <laughs> we got to go. We got to go. Mixler people, lovely that you're in here as well. Fantastic stuff. Right, many, many thanks to my lovely guests this week. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea.
3: Up, up the up Chelsea! Chelsea!